11 o'clock comics episode 84 Liked it so much, we came back for more. Eighty so. A rapper, I'm not. I'm sorry. Hi <laughs> guys. Hey buddy. What's y'all? It's a little weird. It's a Monday. I know. I know. I'm all freaked out. We're recording yeah. on Monday. You can't spoil any new comics oh. this week. Hey guys, it's Comic Wednesday. What'd you get? Shit, nothing. Because there's. <laughs> I just read. And it's a previews week too. It's like so much out there that we. It's barely there, and it's right in our grasp, but we can't touch it because it's two days away. Well, but seriously, though, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I gotta know where you guys stand on this. Uh, Rolk or Ruatu? Come on. No, oh, God. I seriously think no. Rolk would, the, the Red Hulk would knock the shit out of the wall. Uh, Daryl William Joseph, I don't know, wait, so, wait, what'd you say, Vince? The Red Hulk? Of wait, course. No, oh, no, okay, no, I didn't, I didn't. And you know what the funniest part of that thread was? When Daryl goes... It's the, existence. Uatu is a cosmic character. Like, yeah. do you have any idea what that means? That's, that's the one thing I, I always found fault with Captain Marvel and the Surfer was like, oh, I have the cosmic power. What does that feel like? How do you know? The power it, cosmic, you mean? Yeah, it, yeah it's no. so beyond our realm of comprehension. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I still think that the Red Hulk would knock him for a loop. You're smoking crack. I'm not smoking crack. <laughs> that's right, though. Chris is on the It's you baby. He's got Daryl and Dallin with him now. Oh, nice. do I? Nice. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I, I'm off two is not bad. but literally our, our whole episode of Thread was taken over by I that. know. I know. It was sad, too, because I felt bad for for Gabriel Hardman. I, well, yeah. the, I know. Well, well, the yeah, thing, but then you're like, all right, the Thread's actually going past like four pages. We, the only thing, we, we had Alan humping his leg. Other than that, there was nobody else. And I was yeah. like, show me more, show me more. <laughs> Although it's cool to know that uh, that uh, Jeff Parker listens to the show, or at least listens to that episode. Dude, oh, that's frightening. Before we get into it, I'll tell you who else either listens to the show or came to our forum, and I was giddy. I was all that's sorts all. of gushy. Yes, Gary Panther. Hey, everybody! Oh my God, would that be nice? It's eleven o'clock comics once again, and as usual, I'm Vince B. How you doing? Good. So, what how are you? To you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Christopher Neesman, and this is the first time in like a month that it's it's the four of us. No. Yeah, yeah, just the four. Oh, yeah, we had an extra one last week, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, an extra yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I'm David Price. Hi. Hey, hey, David Price. And yes, uh, it's uh, it's been a long time, but I'm back. I am Billy Batson. No, no, you're not Billy Batson. Uh-uh. You. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. You are Jason Wood. And you're back with us again. You're on a streak, buddy. Don't break it. <laughs> two. Yeah, on a streak, two in a row. Yeah. Hey, I gotta. You gotta keep the family happy, and that means vacations. Yes, it does. I was on yeah, one this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you were on vacation this weekend. How did the? Uh, oh, it was the big awesome. Event go, dude. It was awesome. She. Uh, long story short, my daughter had a stuffed unicorn for. The better part of three years of her young life. She took the thing everywhere. Uh, slept with it, took it to school in her bag, you know, uh, brought it to grandma's house. She lived with this thing. And one, uh, trip to Hershey Park, she lost it. Mm. 
and she was pretty much devastated. For weeks, she cried, and it's become the inside joke in our house. Like, my son will torment, well, he did. He would torment the shit out of her, telling her that, you know, it was, the name of the stuffed animal was Uni, Uni the unicorn. He would tell her that Uni's dead, he's in a landfill, you know. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's my son. father's son. Yeah, so, um, I don't want to say this too loud in case you can hear, but <laughs> after after three years of searching, I found one on eBay. Oops. Bought I bought it, and it just so happens that two weeks after I bought it, we were going to Hershey Park again. So my uh, we we planned something with the desk clerk that they had it there all the time. And when we brought my daughter down and gave it to her. Oh my God! It, it, she, Mia is Mia's the intellectual of the group, and she's very reserved and doesn't like to show emotion um, too readily. She will, but something really has to happen. And and she was standing there with her mouth open, and she, like the tears were just falling down. Oh, her so thing. badass! Yeah, yeah. And she's she's like uh, like she couldn't find the words. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And and then my mother in law, of course, said. That's not that's not the real uni. Oh my god! No, 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 no. She didn't say it to her. She said it to me. And I said, no, 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 no. That's the real uni because I want her to go through the rest of her life thinking that that's the one she she lost and got back. So cool, man! When you told us you were doing that, I just was floored. I told my wife she's she's in love with you now. So if you ever want a second wife, what are the chances though that I would find one like two weeks before and and get it shipped to me in time? And I'll tell you, it's it was. Uh, I think they described it as lightly loved in in mm-hmm. the auction listing, and it's, it had a previous owner. So I mean, it's not mint, but neither was the one she she left there. So mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, that's uni, and she's just like she's she's floating, she's wandering around the house, just all giddy and shit. It's oh, awesome. awesome, yeah. You're but anyway, sweetheart, I am. Sometimes this episode of 11 o'clock comics is sponsored by discount comic book service. We forgot to do this last time. DCBService.com, the absolute best internet comic book retailer. Oh my God. You can get huge discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles and all other sorts of bric-a-brac in the previews catalog. You order uh, advance order your books. So you get them cheap. You get them shipped to your door at the frequency you desire and a happy cost. Uh, yeah, you'll get them. Awesome. It's great. DCBService.com, and they have a nice selection of uh, independent books, too, in their first light program. It's really cool. Yeah. Check them out. DCBService.com. DCBService.com. David, was it? Yeah. How could you not? But anyway, so yeah, what I was talking about before, uh, the person who came to our website and or listened to our episode... Mm-hmm. He said, oh, man, the banner's looking good. And if you come to our website, which is forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or 11oclockcomics.com, we now feature artwork from the classic, the now classic. It's not already it's, a classic. It's an instant classic. It is. Punisher number 11, drawn by Tony Moore, who was nice mm-hmm. enough to send me a tweet saying, dude, love the banner, blah, blah, blah. See? Tony Moore. <laughs> awesome. Touched by greatness, we were. Well, he is the man. He is he awesome. Is yeah, oh. Tony's awesome and great people. I was drinking some some bourbon this uh, this past weekend that that Tony gave me, and Ooh. it was it was it was good. It was really really good. So that's nice uh, because it was yeah. touched by greatness. That's why it was good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So, Got to meet yeah. Tony and his uh, lovely wife at Windy City this year. It was mm-hmm. a fun time. Well, you suck yep. too. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> good, people, right. those, good people, those moors. Um, what was I going to say? You know, it's a, you want to talk. You guys want to talk about that? We didn't really have that much of a chance to talk about Punisher, or did we? Did we talk about it enough? Oh, well, I think I think we talked enough. But yeah. uh, oh my okay. god, are you serious? Oh my god, do I really get my books once a month? It's no excuse, man. No oh, excuse, no. You have running shoes? Not, not having a, uh, a that's, local. That's no excuse. Either. Yeah, that's true. Your LCS is gone, buddy. See, that this is, this is David's superpower. This is what he's doing to us now. I'm not doing nothing. You, you about something you, You're doing the guilt shit. And, and, and you know what? You know, I love Stop it. it. Uh, dear Forum, I do not have a local comic shop anymore. Oh, David. Oh, no. buddy. Oh, oh buddy. God. And they all. Have you said about any thread? No. Yes. They, they all. <laughs> they all dogpile on David, and they all start humping him because he's the god <laughs> of the forum. You know what though, David? <laughs> what what David lacks in an LCS? I know he makes up for in his liquor store. So what you drinking, buddy? Tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Wood. There you go. It's Monday. I, I'm all uh, off. I, I'm, <laughs> what I was going to drink, I'm going to hold off on because it's not quite time yet. I am drinking Merlot from uh, the Talis Collection and uh, uh, from Talis? California. Yeah. Yes. You see, what he's not telling you is that, that wine that he's drinking now, that was originally water. Until he touched it. <laughs> oh, dude. oh, damn. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Come on. That was hot, Give yeah. me points for that one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lead on, Wood. You're in charge this week. Uh, Mr. Neesman, what are you drinking? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I am drinking a wonderful uh, uh, Three Floyds Robert the Bruce Scottish-style ale. Wow, that's quite a, a, a mouthful. It's and it's a, and it's a delicious mouthful as well. Uh, good three, mouthfeel. We're still talking about yeah, drinks, right? Uh, three Floyds oh. is a pretty is a pretty awesome um, uh, brewer, and this is their their Scottish their their Scotch ale, and it's called uh, Robert the Bruce. Now, what, Robert the Bruce was that was that Braveheart? Oh um, no, that was William Wallace. Right. That was William. Wa- no, yeah, I'm trying to figure. out. I need to. Yeah, Go on Wikipedia or whatever. Robert the like Bruce was uh, was a singer from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> <by the loss. laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure someone on the on the forum will uh, uh, will enlighten us. But uh, yeah, Robert the Bruce is is one of those one nice. of those famous scotches. So yeah, so that's what I'm having. So is it? It's, is it? Because um, I'm drinking a Guinness. So is it kind of like that? Is it sort of real heavy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not quite. I mean, it, it is a it is a dark dark ale, and mm-hmm. um, um, it's it's not like quite pale as dark or like like. I mean, how, how dark? Uh, it's kind of like a you know like a, a nut brown. It's not it's not going to be as dark as a Guinness. It's it's, okay. it's dialed up, dialed back a little bit um, mm-hmm. from that. It's got really really uh, nice sweet undertones to it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, very, very tasty, very, very nice. Cool. Yeah, and as I said, I'm drinking Guinness, and uh, we saved the best for last, Vince. So you are drinking drum roll, please. What are you drinking, buddy? I say Peppy. You say Mac. Mac. Peppy Mac. Whoop. Nice. <laughs> there you Creat- go. I'm a creature of habit, but I did have some very delicious Sam Adams Boston Lager this weekend. There you go. I tell you, and I had two glasses of it, and because I haven't been drinking for so long, man, it Can kicked my ass. Yeah, chew. 
Yeah, my wife's like, you're stupid. I said, no. <laughs> oh, but she got lucky that night, didn't she? Yeah, I slept in the other bed. Ah, <laughs> did you? I nice. do love some Boston Lager. They make some good beer out there. Really good, really tasty beer. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, this is Aaron Necrobaker from the forum. Um, just got done reading Punisher number 11 and Transformers number 1. Um, if you guys haven't, you definitely need to go pick those up. Um, I gave up on Punisher after the first arc, but the whole Frank Castle thing got me back in. And Transformers number one, I'm loving what IDW is doing with their licensed properties. Um, you know, big, big shakeup. Loved it. Go get those books. Talk to you guys later. Bye. We gonna hey. talk some comics here on Comic Book Wednesday? Yeah, but be- yeah. okay. But before we do, <laughs> I have listener email. Oh shit. Snap! Yes, I do. The very first one, Jason. What are you drinking? A, a Guinness. Again? Oh, oh, you are okay. You are drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking Guinness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Dan. Oh, that's all right. This is from. Uh, he didn't sign it, but his email address is Jackson WMA. So I'm going to call him Jackson. Uh, he says, "Why the lack of respect for Neil Adams by younger collectors? No historical context for them." They did not live in an age where good but unremarkable artists like Mike Sikowski and Dick Dillon turned out work. Neil's remarkable use of chiaroscuro, photo reel figures, perspective and page design combined with Kirby-esque action was a shock to our system. Cue the Billy Idol. Today, so many artists have built on the foundation that he and Steranko laid down that they seem to average... Okay, wait. That they seem average to today's fans, which is kind of true. It, it's sort of like explaining what an iconoclast Charlie Parker was to today's jazz fans. So many people have copied Charlie Parker that it just sounds like jazz, which is true. You know, yeah. and I, I understand, I agree with a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I also, you know, you have to play both sides of the fence. The, a lot of the lack of respect is just from hearing the secondhand stories about his the way he conducts himself sometimes. I mean that right. th- you know that goes a long way, but it shouldn't yeah. imp- impact the work. It really shouldn't because mm-hmm. a lot of creative types are pricks, but a lot of them do great works. I think it was um, kind of explained it right there. You know, okay. I, I also think it's the the natural progression of things um, for uh, teenage teenagers right now watching lebron james it's probably hard to explain to them how awesome michael jordan was mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's, yeah, it's kind of analogy mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know t- time marches on but neil well, adams and we all know it probably one of the most important comic book artists in the history of the medium I gotta agree. one of you guys um i think it was the king but uh, i'm not quite sure my memory's a little fuzzy <laughs> Uh, made the I thought the best point relative to this when we talked is said that uh, I mean it's probably as simple as as the fact that Neil Adams just isn't doing very much uh, comics work and hasn't for a long time so he's sort of out of the uh, the public uh, domain so younger readers just really don't know him other than a name of someone who used to be so it's you know whereas it's, if he had just kept working and was still you know in the biz people might be a little more aware of his influence but. Unless you're sort of a student of the history, you're not seeing Neil Adams on the shelves every month, you know. So yeah. I don't know which one of you said that. So I'll give you credit Kirby's to whichever one of you it was. But Kirby said that. You said the king. The king. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, 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 we only king. have one king on this show, and it ain't Kirby, buddy. King oh, Dippity Dap. And the second email is from Simon. This was left on our Libsyn blog page. 
Simon here. Just an update to say that remember when you said I wouldn't be able to get the Godland Celestial hardcover as it was out of print? Well, I don't know what I did in a past life to deserve this, but I managed to get the last copy from Amazon.com.uk for £22, which is $36 uh, U.S., rather than the £71, $117 U.S., (laughs) now being asked... Blessed I Am. Wow, what a beautiful book. It arrived this morning, and it will be accompanying me to work. Thanks for the great recommendation. I am very happy man right now. Keep up the good work. Your podcast has become one of the highlights of my internet week. Oh, wow. you lonely soul. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, you poor bastard. No, but that, that, no that's awesome. That's, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it going uh, in some area shops here in, in, uh, in Chicago for 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, yeah. you know, that segues into something I was meaning to ask you guys, a little food for thought discussion uh, this week. Um, and it was spurred a little bit by um, Chris's beautiful pictures of his comic room that have fostered quite a lot of debate on our forums. Mm. Um, and someone made a, a comment of how nice it was to see some of the collected editions Chris had. And then Loy- Mr. Loika put uh, his his. Uh, room up as well, and, and Pat's yeah, got awesome pretty much books. every trade ever made, and uh, including some out of print stuff. And it got me thinking. Um, you know, we it used to be you know the collector mentality. We talk about a lot, and you know, guys collecting back issues and bin diving and high end, high grade back issues, and that all still exists. But obviously, it's 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 much more of a niche thing than it once was. And I'm wondering something. You know, we we take for granted that the uh, collected editions are there now, and that pretty much. Lots of stuff that you could have never afforded to read before you can now get in collected edition, which is great. But it's also occurring to me now, especially as I look to buy more collected <laughs> editions for my comic room, yep. that a lot of stuff is out of print. It's, a, and, it's, a, it's its own collectible market now. Right, and that's what I'm getting at. It, it, do you guys think that that's just organic because obviously it's impossible for them to keep everything in print at once? Or do you think part of it is... Uh, intentional to sort of foster that whole collector's mentality that we all have embedded in our DNA. I mean, do you think a part of it is, hey, let's let this go out of print, like say, like a Disney does, where they put their movies into the vault for you know a decade? And I mean, is do you think part of it is that, or you just think it's a, fa- a function of the fact that they they can't physically keep that stuff in print, you know, at, uh, in perpetuity? Yeah. It, it's it's a supply and demand thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they they print something, they print it at you know how many they forecast. Uh, I'm assuming they'll forecast. How many of these are we going to sell? Okay, okay, we're going to print that many, and then there's a little bit of a print overrun. So I saw one on Amazon today. It got brought up on the forum that some of the uh, Marvel Essentials are are out of print. The uh, Thor Essentials Volume One is mm-hmm. like ninety bucks on wow. Amazon. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a seventeen dollar essential. Wow. You know, so, so kind of, kind of silly stuff. But it, but it's all, I mean, it all comes back to they were going to sell that many and that's what they printed. And chances are they're probably not going to go back to print on that stuff. And so it just makes it, it makes it harder to find. And Which was originally a fourteen ninety nine essential. Yeah. Cause okay. it, it's old enough for you. Yeah, sure. I was thinking. Yeah, and then they then they jack the price up two bucks when they, the, when they raised the price of all the other essentials, the newer ones as they were coming out. Then they jacked that one up to sixteen ninety nine. What are they now? They're nineteen ninety nine now. Yeah, right? I think they're nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, but it's it, it still like, a good it, deal. 
but it's like any other comics. I mean, the like the Marvel stuff. I mean, like Alias, the Alias Omnibus is one that people will you know often cite as being out of print and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And Morrison's New X Men is out of print and and it gets kind of expensive. Yeah, but I I think it's going to be stuff like Godland. It's going to be. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look here on the shelves. It'll be stuff like if like Mage goes out of print. Sure, sure. Um, you know, but even little of- things like things by guys that really necessarily wouldn't in and of themselves be in high demand, and then a guy gets a little bit better known, and it becomes hard to find. Oh, yeah. Like um, I know that the uh, I just I just got in my order my uh, shipment ago the uh, the Five Fifths of Science by Fraction yep. and, and Steven mm-hmm. Sanders, who actually it's funny because Vince was talking about Steve Sanders, who as the penciler on Sword last week, and um, he was the penciler on this this OGM. Now I had uh, read about when I was first getting into Fraction through Casanova, I had read about that that book and had looked it up, and it was out of print, and it was you know pr- like anything out of print, it was pretty expensive to get uh, really? you know via eBay. So I didn't, uh, I never got around to it. Now they've now that they've done another printing of it, though, obviously that 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 kind of faux supply demand thing goes out the door and uh so i was just thinking to your point chris i mean that i think that's going to happen a lot like another book um burnham's nixon's pals right like mm-hmm. i i didn't buy that when it came out but subsequent to getting to know burnham and hearing him talk about it and all that sort of stuff and seeing his work i wanted to get it it's not available anywhere but uh luckily for me it was at wild pig so i got it but but that was if i hadn't oh. found that copy you know i I would have basically not been able to get it unless I wanted to pay, you know, yeah. twice what the cover price is. So, but you guys, you guys know Sean Murphy, right? Oh yes. yeah. Yep. Okay, he did a little graphic novel called Off Road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Try and buy that sucker. You know, <laughs> it, you know, it, you know where I got it? Uh, where? New York Comic Con, and uh, me, Vince, and uh, Marty were digging through uh, uh-huh. random little trade boxes, and I found the first printing and ran over and had him sign it. Nice, nice, yeah. nice with the signature. Yeah. I got yeah. mine at. Uh, Wizard World 2006. Six. Yep, me nice. too. Chris was standing right next to me and says, you need to buy this. And I did. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah and we looked at him and he said, what the hell are you talking about? Talking but we about bought it, it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, see, I, I, and it's, it's strange sometimes because, and I, I'm trying to figure out if maybe, maybe the industry was in the crapper or something at the time because you, you look at, uh, like the the Thor Walt Simonson Visionaries, I think it was like mm-hmm. Volume Two or Three was out of print and has been right, for right. the longest time. Yeah. It's recently, it's like why three? Why is one still available or can <laughs> be obtainable? And why two? And it, and this is probably after so Starman too. Starman. I was going to say right, the Starman, the third trade, right, was yeah. possible. Starman, right, yeah. yeah, and so it's like it. So I do they do the same things like they do like like some retailers do? They'll order heavy on the first one or two, and then you know. They'll wait to see how the sales go, and then they scale back on the third. It's, it's just it's weird to see a trade like that. But I find me, I find it very hard to look at a collection and say and pay premium for. I have the uh, I, I didn't know that the new X Men Omnibus was out of print. Yeah, and and that's one of the two on on the booze I have, and and it's uh, you know, and, and I'll read it and and I'll, I'll finish it. Eventually, but it's it's. Uh, My God! For someone to tell me, you know, that that's going to like retail, or, or you know, you can get like over two hundred bucks for that on eBay or something. I my going back to what Wood says about the collector's mentality. I I still see this, even though it's packaged like this for the first time. It's oversized. I still see it as reprint material. I'd right, rather right, spend the yeah. money on an original issue on the first issue that it, it premiered in. 
and and have that then then buy a reprint and buy a collection for yeah, for right. dollars. That that, that's that re- really makes sense. But what doesn't make sense to me is these the prices that they seem to be getting for these essentials, which is in my mind is insane to yeah, pay mm-hmm. that kind of money for two Black inches. Black and white on newsprint. Of newsprint, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to spend a hundred dollars for an essential, buy the masterworks. You yeah, may yeah. not, you may not get <laughs> as many stories, but I mean, at least your money's going see, to something that's going to have some staying power. That paper, that yeah. paper in the essentials, that's going to be like crap in five <laughs> years. Right. Well, I was, I think that with the essentials and the showcases, I, I've no, no. No data to back this up, but I've often thought that those are things that no one on the earth buys for full cover price. Right. I mean, because every LCS I've ever yeah. been to and, and any Borders always has almost every essential and showcase, save for the the more esoteric ones like, say, Godzilla or, you know, something that probably got a lower print run. But, like, yeah. all the major ones, they always have those in stock. And I know that yeah. uh, Chris at Wild Pig said that uh, he was selling those. Um, he doesn't do it anymore, but I know the first two sales he was selling those for five bucks a piece because he said he had tons of them and they never, you know, when they came out he said everybody raced to buy them, but then they like the demand completely fell off a cliff. Like they're not yeah. evergreen books, really, you know. It's like um, the showcases too. Uh, initially, yeah. the nine ninety nine price point, mm-hmm. people were clamoring for them, and then when they went to the normal price, what was it, seventeen ninety nine? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. The sales kind of, from what I could see, kind of slid. But uh, the the one essential that has held its value is the Conan one because I can see that. Well, yeah, yeah you know they're yeah, never going to be able get to get stuff anywhere else without a lot right. of money. Well, no, you yeah. can get the color ones from Dark Horse from Dark Horse. But, yeah. No, but again, the black and white. The black and white. The savage. Are you talking savage sort of Conan? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the original Marvel Conan. Marvel Conan. Oh, nice. Yeah, Dark Horse is reprinting those in black in color now. So yeah, I mean, if yeah. if you want the way they were printed, you can get the Dark Horse versions. But for some reason, that essential, I don't mm-hmm. know, it goes for good money. I've actually used essentials. I've given a few of them to my boys as coloring books. Because mm-hmm. cool. I mean, if you get them for cheap, you know, I mean, I got a couple for five bucks. It's like they love them. I mean, it's hundreds of pages of their, you know, their favorite oh, yeah. characters. Those are the ones oh. I'll read outside. I'll take around with me to bang around if I'm waiting. Yeah. I, it, it's, I don't care if those get dog-eared and or, or sure, use the color. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of like comics should be. Right. There you go. You, you can't right. roll it up in your back pocket because you're like no. a big, big yeah, old booty. Somebody with it. Yeah. Well, it depends. <laughs> if you got big <laughs> pockets. Like you, with it. you could. You could. Man, a bunch of bucks. Deep. You got big, deep pockets, Vince. You could oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. So deep. Deep. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Deep, deep. Uh, I got to take this time to thank my brothers Wood and David oh. for doing me a solid. And even though I kind of begged them to tell me yeah, the details of something. They ah. they did not tell me. Nice. And that love was you, man. I know. Thank you. The that was the specifics of the birth of Teresa and Jamie Madrox's yes. kid yes. in uh X Factor. Mm-hmm. And yes, I said X Factor. But um <laughs> you know you know, and had they told me, it would have severely lessened the impact of that yep. mm-hmm. that scene because I did not see it coming and now that I know the resolution of it. It's like, oh my God, that is so obvious. And, yep. and, and that is, I think, one of the strengths of Peter David that I could see him with a piece of paper projecting all the possible outcomes of this scene and then doing a three six, a 180 on himself and just for shits and giggles writing down some of the things that he thinks would never happen and then just, you know, with the way his mind works, just 
taking that little path and going from A to B, and he always seems to pick the most astounding path to yeah. the resolution. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and again, you were just listening to Peter David because within the pages of X Factor, he said, please, please don't. I, yeah. I know this is something that we've grown accustomed to doing and going on the internet and talking about specific story details. Please don't do this. And they did it yeah. for like three issues. And I thought that was great because, uh, while I do tend to avoid spoiler discussion, there's some things you just can't escape. But to the credit of everybody on our forum and you two lugs, I didn't know what, what was going to happen, and like once I saw it, it my throat was in a knot. I was like, "Oh, sure. I, you know," and I was like, "This is so disturbing." Yeah, well, I'm glad that we didn't spoil it because it's it's uh, it was something that uh, yeah, it definitely is worth yeah, yeah, to experience yeah, and I it's I mean David has also gone on on record as saying that yeah, there's there's a reason why I think it's. The word is spoiled. It's like if 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 milk goes bad, you say it's spoiled. It's there's nothing ruined, good right? that can come out of out of bad, expired, old, ruined milk. And and right. if you Jeez. and once you well, okay, but once you once you tell somebody something that happened in the story, there's no way to undo it. And and I'm, yeah. I'm just of the mind where yeah, that that's cool and all. Okay, it's it's. People want to say it's it's the journey, it's not the destination. One scene doesn't mm. make or break, you know, your enjoyment of a comic book. But I, I have to disagree because if if I'm reading something, and the writer is telling this story and the artist is drawing this story, and they expect a reaction from me or or, or some sort of emotion as I'm turning the page, and yeah. someone goes ahead and just tells me what that's supposed mm-hmm. to be or what's going, it just takes it, uh, knocks the wind out of it, and and yeah. it, it it does ruin it and it spoils mm-hmm. it, and I can't stand it. Kind of like You're saying totally right. certain characters are in hell in a, in mm-hmm. a certain work of fiction. You know, when it was like yeah. a big part. Of <laughs> I, I didn't know I did that. I did not because I just thought it was like second nature, and then Tom was like. Ah, you know, and then now I realize it. Someone else on Twitter called me out on that. Like I, I was thanking David and Wood, and they're like, "Yeah, nothing at all like what you did with blah blah blah." And I was like, yeah, "You're right, you're right. I did it." And, and I'm going to try and be more careful because, yeah. like, like David was saying, that that tabula rasa, that blank slate, is really hard to pull off these days. Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny. I think sometimes. Um because I listen to a lot of other podcasts, and you know, obviously AC and I fanboy and stuff, and 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 there's times that spoilers come up, and usually for me, it's always a case by case basis, and I like as I like listening to shows where at least you know that if 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 it's something that I don't want to be spoiled, it's easy enough to skip over it, and I've just kind of gotten used to. Sometimes I don't mind being spoiled because it's something either I know I'm probably not going to read anytime soon, or. Or it's, it's not some, that important. Yeah, or it's something, right. And then I'm just like, oh, I'll go with it. And it just helps kind of foster the conversation. I'm fine to join in. But the one thing I've definitely, I mean, if I look at where I am now to where I was when we started the show, I've really ratcheted back on, I, I almost never go to the websites, the the site that shall not be named and its, uh, its sister site. Um, I love previews still, as you do, Vince, but I have to say the way I read previews now much different than it was a year or two ago. Um, I would, I, you know, two years ago, I would read previews cover every solicit word, for every word and every solicit. And I just find now that I get much more enjoyment out of um, skimming the, you know, the big two solicits. It's just looking at the cover art, seeing 
what artists and writers are attached to each book. If it's a new title that I have no idea about, you know, then I'll glance at the solicit to see if it's something I'm interested in ordering. But any of the titles I know I'm going to buy anyway, I don't look at it at all. You know, I just I don't look at any of the word blurbs at all because I, I, I find and I find that my enjoyment of of these books has has greatly increased again. Uh, and again, I, I'm sure part of it maybe is is just I'm enjoying the stories more than maybe I, I was then. But but I, I think a lot of it, frankly, is just not having eighty percent of what's going to happen framed in my mind already, um, right. you know, and, and that goes a long way. So, yeah. Well, I got caught up on X Factor really quickly. Thanks to wild pig. Mm-hmm. I read issues 30 to 50, including the, the one issue she Hulk crossover thing. Uh-huh. And the, the, the way that, like you said last week, I think it was Wood. the way that Peter David wrapped it up was brilliant. It was two weeks ago, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, w- it was amazing that, uh, he brought it full circle and he dealt with things that he planted in the beginning of the of the series. Mm-hmm. Like now we know, yeah, as yeah. as much as Layla Miller. So, well, I was thinking about it. You know, uh, a lot of people are always fond of saying how there are new new ideas in mainstream comics, and that you know the last great successful Marvel character to be invented was Venom. You know, it's been twenty years since <laughs> the character stuck. And I have to say, and who knows, it's it's way too early, but I have to say, Layla Miller, as a character, I love her. I could she, yeah. definitely see her being around in, in this book or other books or even her own book or different incarnations for a long time. I think she's a right. great character, and obviously a lot of that is, is because of the way Peter David writes her, so I don't know if yeah. she... And that's the thing. I see her. I know she's mm-hmm. not, but to me, in my mind, she's a Peter David character. I, it, it's yeah. she's, she's the best character. In I know yeah. she is. She's Bendis co-creation, but as, no kidding. You know, yeah, but House, House of Them is when she first appeared. Bendis yeah. and Cole. Yeah. Oh, so that's right. So I mean, yeah, he he got to he created or played with her for like four issues or something. But mm-hmm. that's to me that's that's a Peter David. I mean, well, but I guess well, the same can be said nowadays of of Madrox or Guido. It's yeah, like, I was gonna say. I mean, that's just yeah. the natural evolution, right? You you kind of. Different creators define uh, define characters for not not just for the masses as well for any individual reader, right? Because I agree with you, but I mean I think about that with um, with Deadpool. I mean, um, obviously, <laughs> well, Liefeld and, and Fabian Nicieza cre- created Deadpool, and then Cable was Weezy, you know, Weezy Simonson and Liefeld. But yeah. I mean, I when I think Deadpool again, I think. I mean, to me, Joe Kelly. Like, there are lots of people I think they can do a good. But to me, Joe Kelly is Deadpool's father, if you will. Like, he's the one. When, that, whenever, whenever you think Wolverine, you don't think Len Wein and you know Herb Trimpey. <laughs> Herb Trimpey. Well, I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although that is one of my favorite personal possessions is is 181. But but yes, but I, I know what you're saying uh, exactly right. Yeah, but you know, I, as a whole, amazing run. Mm-hmm. I will say that while the writing was top notch. There are weak spots in the art here yes. and there. I don't want to pick on him, but sure. Uh, and I and I accepted his vision for what it was, but I felt like we were thrown into big booty. I don't know what the hell planet we're on when when Larry Stroman came on. <laughs> yeah, it's I just agree. like I agree. Long, long, I... long shots retaining water, and his fingers are all freaking huge. <laughs> And it's funny because our country is a pretty obese country, but yeah. in Strowman's vision, everyone has yeah, gigantic junk, uh, just just big old junk in the trunk. Junk but it, in the I trunk. mean, it was pretty. I, I, it didn't bother me. And then, but but one of the high points was was Nelson. Marvel, get Nelson locked yeah. down. Holy crap! I mean, the last time I saw Nelson, he was inking Burn. Yeah, on uh-huh. action comics, and then right, he, right. and in the time before that, the last time I saw him was on that Ewa Demon mini that he did way there back. Was, there when. was a oh, really yeah. cool uh, 
I think it might have been in the first issue of, of the most recent Marvel Comics presents. He did a pretty cool thing. One page. Um, oh, really? One eight page story. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, who, I mean, what, what was the story about, David? Uh, he was, I think, going to dinner or having dinner. I don't. I, I think Alicia might have been even in it, but it was it was just. He does a fantastic. His rendition of of, of the thing is great, but he. Yeah. You're right. He. It. I. I, re, I picture him like. Like Joe Gisco, it's like it's like he's a trading card guy, or or, or just or mm-hmm. larger than life type images. But but to see him do sequential work, it's still it's awesome. it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he, his art reminds me a lot of Sean McManus. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, but a but lot. a little bit more steeped in in realism. Right, an issue I read actually. What did he just do that I read? Omega Man? McManus. Uh, just read a McManus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a vertical book. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was Cinderella, Fable Town. Before. Right, oh, right, okay. that's yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, let's, we can move on from the Marvel, but extremely gratifying run of issues by Peter David. Oh, my yeah, God. Totally. If, totally. if you uh, are on the fence about jumping on to X-Factor with the renumbering 200, mm-hmm. do it. it it's, you know what? And I hope that Ruby and the... Uh, well, how do we say it without spoiling it? The mm. resistance fighters and their leader. I hope they don't dispense with those characters. I want to see that played out more. And sure. I'm sure Dave, David was pooping his drolls when he came on that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not completely up to date, but I, I do love the turn of events that's, that have transpired. Well, see, yeah, we're talking 50 about yet? The things from, I did not read 50 yet. Oh, you have to. You have I know. to. Yeah. But you didn't talk about yeah. the lip lock or nothing, dude. No, because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. In, in in deference to Mr. Peter David, I'm not going to reveal the the, Excellent. the details. No, because it's too good of a book to do that. No. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Let's swing it on over to Neesman because he's he's getting all jiggy yeah, and itchy. Dying. He wants to talk about something. Let's talk well, about something. It better not be Marvel, dude. It's all you've ever I was been talking say, about. We, yeah. yeah, we haven't talked about a DC book in about six weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you lie. You so lie. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of Vince's favorite characters over at uh, over oh. at uh, disti- at the Distinguished Competition. I know what it's about. Um, did you guys have a chance to read Adventure Comics number four? Mm. Um, no. I have, no, I have it here sitting next to me, but I have not read it yet. No. Well, I, I, I will try not to spoil it too bad then. But, uh, but I ordered it to get the ring, so feel free to spoil it. Oh, okay. well, adventure. <laughs> well, first of all, Adventure Girl Comics man. has been fantastic since uh, since it was it was relaunched, and it's uh, Jeff Johns. And Francis Manipal have yeah. been uh, the the first three issues, which it's right. a uh, it's a Superboy book, and it's the you know, uh, Connor Kent Superboy, and it has been really really outstanding. But this is a Blackest Night tie-in, and it is about the other Superboy. Oh, uh-huh. it is Superboy uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> Superboy Wine, yes. Superboy Prime is uh, is the guy, that, and it is uh, it's written by Jeff Johns. And let me see uh, who did the artwork in it. Oh, it's going to take me. See, here we go again. See, didn't didn't they, we do they, the free world just don't, finish? And, yeah, and, they, and now they're giving us Superboy Prime again. Well, see, it comes right out of. See, once again, they don't put the credits in the first couple of pages. You got to go ten pages deep. Uh, it's it's Jeff Johns and Sterling Gates, and uh, oh, it's penciled by uh, Jerry Ordway, with a uh, Bob Wycheck. See, so, why did you even have to look that up? You couldn't tell just from the art. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah I, I, 
I'm not as I'm not as astute as you, and I oh, wanted David's to make, getting I wanted, saucy. I wanted to make sure that uh, that that credit uh, credit was given. Um, uh, Vince, are you familiar with the uh, the general ending of Legion of Three Worlds? Yeah, yeah. It's Superboy. Superboy Prime goes back to Earth Prime and kind of picks up his life again. And, uh, but he's still, he's still prime and he is revealed by Jeff Johns to be basically the bad comic book fan. He's that, that jerky little shit on the other side of the computer that, that posts on message boards and is the eternally unhappy comic book fan. So, uh, prime has, has very much so turned into, uh, Jeff John's little joke about, uh, about comic fandom and, and unhappy fans. Well, we, we get to see, we get to see Superboy prime, uh, get a little, uh, comeuppance as, uh, uh, Luther from which, which earth, the uh the the curly haired Luther from uh from uh it was, it was Earth crisis. It was originally Earth three, but it's been changed mm-hmm. to uh wait, no, was it changed to Earth two once uh I don't, it, the same Earth as the crime syndicate? He was supposed to be the good the good right. Luther. And uh well he comes back as a as a black lantern and uh is uh, is is fucking shit. Up. <laughs> it's, it's awesome because he goes he he's he's after Superboy Prime. And now, so, this is the one that Joker killed, right, at the end of Yes, yes. Oops, yes. spoilers, sorry. <laughs> but, but, you know, he go he goes to Smallville in, in Earth Prime, which is supposed to be like our our existence, our dimension, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it's just a really fun book and a wild. Uh, Neesman just took the ah. Uh, Neesman just beat me in our fantasy week. Shit! Oh, did I? Nice. <laughs> Chris oh, Johnson just went. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Click. okay because because your football team beat my football team last night, so I wasn't going to bring it up, but it's true. Yeah, but our outside linebacker. Um, did a little Spider-Man uh, double thwip action. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I didn't see it. No. Uh, as suggested by by our own Brian Salazar. Nice. Suggest, yeah, suggested to Lance that that he do a little Spider-Man, you know, double thwip action. And yes, I have a picture of it. <laughs> it was awesome. So we just totally lost David and Vince. Yep, they clicked off. No, I was good. No, I was going to mention how unhappy. Renee no, I got picked my job off the floor. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for recording on a t- Monday. I mean, a, a Wednesday and watching Wednesday. Yeah, football. Wednesday night football. Yeah, okay. So, it, it, Adventure Comics has been a great series, but this this is a total standalone issue. It's a Blackest Night tie-in, but it's a lot of fun, especially if you kind of feel like you're in on the joke about Superboy Prime mm-hmm. and and what a what a little dick. He is, but that's okay because it's it's, it's it's just making fun of of comic book fans, and I think it's I think it's a character that we kind of need to look at and go, okay, I I as a comic fan need to not be this character, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it, it was it was really a fun issue. So nice, yeah, I, re- I read it. Yep. Oh, did, did you, you really? You read it? Oh yeah, yeah, I read it. Yep. Well, you said it absolutely. This is you, you've sworn off all DC books. I'm confused. I read it. Okay. 
What did you think? <laughs> it works. It, well, I mean, he knows yeah. people that buy DC Comics. Yeah, yeah. I. Who, who is the artist, by the way, that that took over from Edible? Uh, well, in this Ordway? issue, Ordway and uh, Wycheck. Oh, oh, right. sorry, right, Ordway right. and Wycheck. Okay. Nobody's friggin' paying attention this episode, are we? I, bet. I uh, am. Yeah. Did, th- God bless you, uh-huh. David. Dap bless David Dap because he <laughs> seems to be the only one that. But no, I mean, I I read it and it was just like, yeah, we get it. It's a little heavy-handed on the on the uh, the 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 prime being the stand-in for the caddy comic fan. It's, See, now that's I, I open up the page and he's sitting by a computer, surrounded by long boxes with action figures on him. It's just like, yeah, okay, all right, we get it. You know, this is the guy that disemboweled and decapitated titans and ah, and, so here's, and, and the real, here's the real problem it's not no it's just okay. it's a little ham-fisted just a little ham-fisted i don't so know so was I, this I, was this a continuation in in a way or or just oh yeah know, yeah it, it picks his, up, it, his it, story it, it, okay. yeah it picks up right at the end of legion of three worlds because otherwise mm-hmm. i mean the way after you explained it and then the way vince talks about it it i don't know if they it i don't want to have it sound like uh like they're beating us over the head with it, or or, or we can't. It's like you we, know, we can't. It, no, it, they're, be- it, they're bending you over and corkscrewing it up your ass. It's it, really uh, heavy-handed. It, kind of, it comes dangerously <laughs> close to that, okay. but then it, but then it kind of just turns into a into a uh, a fun, almost silly um, adventure with with Superboy hmm. Prime kind of fighting off these these Black Lanterns. So yeah, I mean it's there. I mean the joke is the joke is very transparent. But I mean, God, we talk about Deadpool. That joke's been going for fifteen years. Same yeah. sort of joke. Still so, funny. Still hilarious. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they've done like three issues of of the Superboy Prime <laughs> joke. So it's not that fucking stale, Vince. So. Not funny. Deadpool funny. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's cool. See, that's, no, I, that's, I didn't absolutely. say it was. Ordway and Wachek look great, as I would expect them to. I haven't looked at it yet. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a great looking issue. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, nice. not, I'm not going to get into. I mean, I bitched about it enough, so I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole my, yeah. my feelings on on the character. I know that I. <laughs> no, I have. I mean, and it's been going on for a couple of years now, so I'm not yeah. going to rehash that. But yet, he's so. supposed to be the guy you love to hate. True. Yeah. True. You know, True. so they're doing a good job in that respect. No, because, right. well, you know, yeah. I think, you he, know, you know my feelings on this other character. I would rather read an irredeemable Ant Man story than anything that has to do with. Oh my! Wow. You're kidding me. No, wow. I'm that, not. That's bad. Because you, that is. if it wasn't for uh, Hester and Park, <laughs> you would want nothing to do with that book. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you guys? What do you guys think of of Black Adam as a character? Ooh, um, DC's Namer. Because he looks like him, or just because? I mean, no, like he's him. he's just he has that same commanding presence. He has that yeah. same regalness. He has the same power. I'm not saying specifically, sure, but sure. He, power level. He's yeah. he's a, a near god who demands respect and yeah. for and rightly so because he's pretty awesome in the things he can do. Well, and he also is. Like. I think he's he's also much like Namor in the sense that he is. Um, both good and bad, depending on what, yeah. what the, you know how the writer wants to portray him. He's he's self motivated for himself and his country, sure. so it's he could be a villain in one issue and a hero in the next. No, um, well, Chris, any, any any more? I mean, are you, are you guys caught up on 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 Black Adam as of like the end of fifty two? 
Yeah, absolutely. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I'm, my point is, is, is he's it's like professional wrestling, right? Like he's one of those characters that, like, within an arc, can. I, I mean, he's 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 one really heroic endeavor away from being portrayed as a hero again, even though he's he's murdered millions. Right? I, I, I mean, I, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think they I think they took him over that line. He is he has murdered millions of innocent people, and I don't yeah, think but, he is. I don't think he's redeemable anymore. No, well, he, was, yeah, it, I mean, he was grieving we, we, though, wasn't he? Oh, well, we, uh, yeah, we talk about Superboy Prime. He he decapitated a couple titans, okay? He didn't mm-hmm. kill millions of innocent well, he people. He destroyed entire universes, actually, in Countdown. And killed the Golden oh, Age Superman. Yeah, but no one read that, so it doesn't matter. Well, I'm saying it's... It never happened. You know, I mean... Um, no, I like Black Man. I like Black Adam. I thought Tomasi's oh, the- uh, miniseries that came out after 52 was terrific. Yeah. Um... You love the character. You love yeah. the character. You don't love him. It's it's kind of hard to love someone, you know, on, you know, if he were. Right. A, a, well, a it's like person. the same thing with Punisher. Yeah. I mean, not to bring it back tomorrow, but I mean, really, yeah. are are you supposed to like Frank Castle? He, or, or Jonah Hex, right? Like, I I, I love antagonist okay, right. books. You know, like right. I love where the antagonist. Like he's, I love rooting for someone that's not even even. You know what, Chris? Even talk about getting giving you a, a, a an easy uh, layup here. Even like the character in Stumptown, the lead. Like she's not a very redeeming no. human no. being, but she's very very interesting and someone I can't wait to read the next issue. But she's a gambler who you know she's has a got degenerate. issues. She's a degenerate. Yeah, you know, like or even um Alias. Like mm-hmm. I mean, she was Jessica in Alias was. I mean, she was not the kind of person I'd either want to be or associate with, right? She's depressed, depressed woman who, who you know, woe is me and can't own up to her own, you know, her own lot in life, and just you know, is is just lives. So a basically, life. it's it's not just the women that like the bad boys. I mean, because you have, I mean, right. you have you have dead, uh, Deadwood, Sopranos. I mean, char- things that are just filled with people that. Absolutely, Swearing nice is the best people. character ever. I ever. mean, at least I mean I, I know it's hyperbole, but I, that's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, yes. TV show of all time. And Absolutely. he's the best character of the show. So yeah, and he's he's an absolute prick. I mean, you, he's he would cut your throat for in two seconds if he thought it would help himself. But, but I, at the same you, time, you, you, you yeah, I was gonna say you love you love those moments where he's allied with Sheriff Bullock, right? You, you love because he's a guy you want to see succeed because he's just such an interesting. Individual, yeah. They, yeah so, so, oh, no, Vince. Yeah, I think he's you're zapping out. You have there's we. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to know what it's going to feel like to be a guy. We can't put ourselves in Black Adam's shoes or or Jonah Hex's shoes, but we know we we live the straight and narrow. Well, most of us do. I mean, we 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 know what it's supposed to be. We know right from wrong. We know, you know, it's really can't pick up a gun and blow somebody away or rip somebody's head off or 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 just kill millions of people but at least we can read see other characters do that so i mean it's it's whether you have that side of you that find that interesting or just you don't want to see how the other half lives it's but yeah i mean to actually wield that power or 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 live with that responsibility i mean you know he he did it and and no, I I have not I'm not up to date on Black Adam. I I, I do he have killed, the, he killed a lot of people. Yeah, that, I remember World War Three or the 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 umpteenth World War Three that that <laughs> had and and it's it's I I was some of it was just personal feeling on my part. It's like we 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 had fifty two, we had Black Adam, and then we have one year later, and 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 and, and we have the Black Adam miniseries, and I I, I kind of felt like 
they were overdoing it with the Black Adam. It's like they had a good thing. Like you don't put Doom in every single like issue Oswald. of a Marvel comp. Exactly. It's like you yeah. know, rein it in a little bit. And and I know that it was supposed to be a year later, so it's okay. Enough time has passed in DC Universe where you haven't seen Black Adam, but we did. We just saw him for a year, and now we have another six months. And I I needed a break. So I, I, like I said, I'm not up to date on the character. So I don't know what he's been doing since then. I don't know if he's, you know, how he's affiliated with the JSA, if he still is, what he's been doing. But, no, uh, he, he's, he's, he's irredeemable at this point. He, he crossed a line and, and I don't think that he will ever be able to come back. But, um, we were talking to, uh, Don Kramer and I think we may see, uh, Black Adam at some point in Blackest Night because he's doing, uh, um, and Osiris, Osiris I was just going to oh, say, yeah, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, yeah, yeah he's, his, his, his wife, his loved ones are, um, mm-hmm. or, uh, yeah. well, that, that'd even be cool if, uh, the millions of people he obliterated came back. Oh, yeah. the Bialians, yeah, you know, if they so all came back. Yeah. It's, so, so there are things they could do. And now, has it, when was the last time we saw Black Adam in a comic book? I mean, has oh, it's it been a time passed where you could be like, okay, hey, it's Black Adam, it's a pretty No, because he, well, he just had a whole thing where he, um, he was in a run of uh, of JSA where you know he was trying to get his wife. Actually, did, he did resurrect his wife. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been maybe six to eight months, maybe roughly. I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. You know, but my whole point, you know, talking about Superboy Prime is people, you know, talk about what an irredeemable character he was or is. I'm like, you know what? That's okay because he's still an interesting character. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he cuts a little too close to the bone for it's some it, people. It, I don't and, know if that's it. I I mean, I know he's supposed to. He's a I, jerk. I, yes, but I mean, you can. I I think I. See, I don't even know if I could take him. It, the whining doesn't help, and I know it's not supposed to, and that's the way the right. character's written. That's well, the that's another, point. actually, and it's... No, I was going to say, that's another example where I think that he really is a, a very reminiscent of Namor, because I, I Namor, if you look, he's he's been in a lot of comics over the last 50, 60 years, and he's a whiny bitch. I mean, you know, it's like, whether he's a hero or a villain, it's like they always have to shoehorn in some moment where he you know belittles the people he's talking to and the human race and their disrespect for the atlanteans and like blah 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 and then they get to the point where he's like all right i'll help you anyway and then he's like you know mr superman you know what i mean like nemo's always that way he doesn't want to help they have the obligatory like i'm not going to help you because you suck and you're not an atlantean and then like three pages later he's like uh it's the right thing to do i'll help you and then he goes off and he's this great hero. You know what I mean? Right, and it's like, he's like that in the X-Men right now. Like, all of a sudden he's an X-Man, but every issue so far, it's been, oh, I, it's beneath me to even associate with you whelps. Oh, you want me to hold the island up so you can work on the hydraulics? No problem. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, yeah, but to me, 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 he's he, the same though. He's a, he's a, he's an annoyer. He's in He I is, but the difference, annoying. the difference is that Namor's bitchiness and complaining and just his overall cattiness, that comes from experience. Whereas you get Prime, he has that adolescent-based stupidity. He just does not yeah. have enough life experience to know when he's right, talking right. shit. You know, well, and that, I, that's the difference between the two. To that point, it's the difference between our very astute and wizened complaints about the comic industry versus all oh, the other fanboys yeah, out there. What the fuck <laughs> they're talking about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> just kidding, go. everybody. Wah, wah. Hey, eleven o'clock. This is G Dog. Colin, I just want to give a shout-out this week to the Grand Rapids, Michigan Public Library System. 
Um, the other day I dropped off a whole bunch of uh, trades and graphic novels. I can't really recollect exactly what I dropped off because I'm in and out of there so much. But while I was there, just at my local branch, not the main one, just my local town or my local part of town here, I walked out with the following. Okay, hardcover, Runaways, Volume 1. I got here some uh, Rand Thanagar War, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I got The Astonishing Wolfman, Volume 1. I got a JLA, Countdown to Infinite Crisis, Crisis of Conscience, Consciousness, whatever. Uh, let's see here. I got Famous Players, the latest book from Rick Geary, you know, those uh, wonderfully illustrated murder mystery books. This one's about the uh, Hollywood movie industry of the 20s and the murder that happened there. I got uh, Amico Superstar from the um, failed Jinx line uh, from DC. And so far, of all the Jinx books I've read, this is the only one that was any good. Not Plain James was good, the rest of them kind of sucked. Um, I got, what the hell is this? Rob Sterling's Twilight Zone. It looks like a series of um, illustrated versions of some of the most, uh, or comic version of the more fam famous episodes. Here, this one is the monsters are due on Maple Street, where they cut the power off to the town, and townspeople freak out and turn against each other. I got Frankenstein, the graphic novel from what is it? The original text, quick text. Someone here looking at the back here. Yeah, quick text looks like pretty good. That just for my own personal collection. I'm reading stuff that's off of my bag. I got um, Constantine Hellblazer Volume One, and based on you guys' show and recommendation, I got Madame Xanadu Volume One. So. I just wanted to do a shout-out to the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan Public Library System, man, because these were just sitting on the shelf there. And somebody working at that place has got some kick-ass taste because I'm constantly getting books from there, and I'm always surprised at the quality of their selection. So, thank you. Yeah. All right, then that went down like a lead balloon. Okay. What, what, I mean, what are you going to do, though? Is he, yeah. he, he's designed f for your loathing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's his reason for being. So. Yeah, for sure. So what else we got? Oh, David, why don't you open your mouth? You want me to? I think yeah. it's nice and wide. Do it. All right, baby. Well, wait, if, if it's for you, though. The, <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we talked about it. <sighs> we mentioned it, but oh, we didn't sorry, actually get to talk about it. What's that? War Machine. Yes, right. War Machine. I have the first trade, Iron Heart, which contains War Machine 1 through 5 and the little uh, eight-pager or whatever from uh, Dark Rain New Nation. That's right. Written by Mr. Greg Pack. Yes. Drawn by... Leonardo Manco. Oh, my God. I know. That's pretty funky art. Very different, too, because uh, although we've grown accustomed to expecting a certain level of grit with Mr. Manco's art, this was very high-tech for him. I, it, I've never seen this level of detail out of out of Manco. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen Manco before this. What's his resume, Vince? What else? Oh, jeez. Um, he, he did the Werewolf by Night series that uh, spiraled out of the Strange Tales Marvel did in the '90s. I believe okay. he. Yeah, there's some Hellblazers. He did. Um, did he do the thing with John Ostrander? The um, the Western. Uh, what was it called? Something Glory. That's from Black Bull. No, 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 no. For Marvel, the the Western, uh, the miniseries that John Astrander wrote. 
Something, oh, okay. some, you know, yeah, I don't know. Cut that part out because it makes me look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. It, it, what did you think, David? I liked it. I, I want yeah. to, uh, I, I want to see where this team goes. It's, um, it's, and it is a team now. I mean, but when, when you get to the end of the fifth issue, you'll see who, who comprises of, of this team. I, uh. Oh, really? I feel bad for, um, I feel bad for Rhodey. I mean, you know, it, it was kind of, if I'm going to read this in trade, I thought the first trade was pretty cool because it's, uh, it pretty much is a complete story. I mean, it ends where, you know, just like the whole, you know, and so it begins type thing where you can follow along and obviously there's more tales to tell. But, uh, but yeah. just to interrupt for a second, don't you think that the reason for Rhodey's current situation is a little bit too close to Tony Stark's origin? I mean, it, they're really similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. You know, are. Tony Stark got the the had to wear the the Iron Man armor because of the whole yep. physical Don't you condition. Think it's even more similar to the whole cyborg thing. I mean, it's hard to avoid that comparison. Though. Yeah, I know. there's a lot I of Deathlock in it too. It's, <laughs> there's, there's no, like, there is. I mean, and I know it may not be fair, but I mean, it. You take one of the few prominent black male superheroes yeah. in the Marvel universe and you make him a cyborg. It's sort of like really like. What, like a route. like a what a triple amputee? Where weren't his legs gone at one point? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's sort of like really like I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've I stopped buying the book, but I did read up through that part. So I, I think I've I mean, read I, I seven can, or eight. I can see, I can see why it would be. I'm not, I don't even want to say jump to that. I, I can see why people would say that or see it. Um, I I know the cyborg character. I, I like Vic Stone, and and I know. I know the hell he's gone through, um, but it's not like he just came out eight months ago and now someone's jumping on a bandwagon. Cyborg is a character that's been around for over twenty years, so I'm I'm okay, I guess. With you mean, you mean Deathlock? Well, that's not who that's, that's not who Wood's talking Jesus. about. <laughs> oh, who's Wood talking about? Cyborg from the Teen Titans. Are you kidding me? Really? I thought. See, I was sticking with the. I thought he was talking about Deathlock. Because it's I it's really similar to Deathlock. I mean, no? maybe Wood could tell us, but I didn't think that. Wow. Okay. Where did Wood go? He he's peeing or something. He he'll come back. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, I I you know enough time has passed since we've seen Vic Stone's origin that I don't and and Brody's been around since the eighties. He's 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 always been in in Tony Stark's shadow. Yeah. So he, uh, you know I I do agree with the events where it's it's reminiscent. Of Tony's origin, but it, I guess, because of the character. I, see, and and because it was like one panel, it's like here he is on the ground. Tony's telling him, "We're going to rebuild you," and it's like, "Yeah, thanks a lot, brother." That's <laughs> pretty much it. And it's like, really? So yeah, it's like I'm, you know, I'm reading this Avengers Initiative issues, and I'm trying to find out when the hell did this happen to Rhodey? And I find out, I'm like, what fucking panel in War Machine? And now here we are, and 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 he's mostly mechanical and. But guard and shit and, and but he has he there's an opportunity for him to kind of be whole again and and that situation doesn't exist as far as I know for Vic Stone. Right. Well I'm I was away from whatever Avengers books and I'm I, I still am to a certain degree, but I don't understand when Rhodey became a killer. Because uh in, in early in the in the trade that um assistant 
put a oh, fail yeah, put yeah, a yeah. put a fail safe on his weapons, telling him that you know you're not going to be firing at at humans. You, right. I'm, I'm making it right now, so you can't. And and that kind of pissed him off a little bit. Whereas he had to use his head and and go around it. And that, I mean that was the <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. That was the thing that really hooked me on it. The the uh, Dark Rain special, what was it called? New the Nation. New Nation, that that eight page thing with uh, Rhodey and the Bears. That I was like, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to stick with this, and yeah. so so I bought the trade. But uh, no, just just he seems to be a more uh, dismembered and body, yeah, more and vicious Rhodey than than we've yeah. seen in a long time. Uh, that's cool. I mean, if I lost my legs and arm and was confined to a tin can, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Yes. So, I mean, they maybe do get... And, maybe he and Frank Castle will team up now and be like the... Uh, That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, the board team. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd buy two copies. I didn't read past the third issue because uh, the book I'm going to talk about later preempted it. But what I did read of War Machine was damn fine, and I, and I, I thank you for shoving me in that direction. It's it's a, uh, I mean, yeah, because of of what was going on in the Marvel universe during it, you have the obligatory Norman Osborn appearance, um, and and I think the fight between War Machine and oh, it's not a spoiler because it's kind of on the back cover. Um, mm-hmm. Aries, yeah, and I, I, I don't want to. I mean, I can't say I'm a huge Aries fan. I like the character. I, I does such I, a person exist? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read. A, uh, Chris I, is I, a huge Aries fan. I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't read the Oming series. I didn't. Uh, you know, I, I didn't read the first issue of of the uh, Karen Gillan series that that, that started. Oh. Was that a one shot or is that a mini? I'm thinking the Aries. Oh, you mean the Dark Rain Aries? That yeah, was the, a the, mini. the most recent thing. It is a mini. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I only know of Aries from the Mighty Avengers and and from the introductory issues of of the Dark Avengers. So, I mean, I, I'm not well schooled in the Marvel character, but uh, I, I thought I thought he, the fight that happened in this issue was was fantastic. Yeah. I think Osborn's well, going to lose Ares in the uh, Siege of Asgard. I do too. Well, look, yeah. uh, transforming uh, transforming satellites is always a good thing. So, I got to give him props for that. Oh you... boy! <sighs> what? <sighs> what? Next. Next. What's the matter? No, it was nothing. It was, it was boing. You know, you side was... said, "Oh boy." Well, I did I say something uh, wrong? No, no, you're with it. You're, you're cool <laughs> okay. With it. <laughs> Jesus. See what happens when we record on a freaking Monday? It's not right. Everybody's out of sorts. Jesus. Yeah, you want me to bring you down even further? I can bring you down so low, you'll never get up. Yeah. Oh, man. I took this book to Hershey with me over the weekend. Just so happens it came on the day we were leaving, so I said, I thought, hey, this is fortuitous. I will bring this with me. I can't remember when uh, a work of art has depressed me as much as this. Oh man, and, it, and it's honest. and it's designed. Uh, I mean, when you when you talk of the artist responsible for this, I mean, depression. I think and just grotesque, graphic, surreal, Dada esque imagery. Okay. But goes, I, I I need once you're done. Yes, telling us about the book. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll ask you guys a question afterwards. I just don't want to forget. But okay, please. Before I begin, are we all familiar with Al Columbia? 
I know no, David. No. I've heard of him. I don't know how much of his work okay. I've read. Al Columbia was Bill Sienkiewicz's assistant during the Ooh. Big Numbers Project. For Most Alan, you already know he's warped. Right, for Alan Moore's Mad Love. Right. Um, during the production of the third issue, Mr. Sienkiewicz's art, for whatever reason, I can't imagine what they could have been, his art was rejected oh. for, for the third huh. issue, and Billy backed out, and Al Columbia stepped up and um, I think uh, allegedly completed the entire fourth issue, mm-hmm. but he was so displeased with his work that he destroyed the art, and oh, again, again, allegedly, he crafted the, the artwork into a mobile. <laughs> that, that's what, that's what the, the legend has it. But Al Columbia has been an in, intermittent um, figure in comics. He, after the big numbers uh, debacle, or debacle, he kind of went away for a while. He, he popped up in a lot of anthologies here or there. He was in uh, uh, Blab. From uh, Monty, Beauch- oh. yeah, Beauchamp's Blab. He was in Zero Zero from also from uh, Fanographics, but uh, I think it's pretty much safe to say that if you've seen Al Columbia's artwork, you will not forget it. Picture a Fleischer Studios cartoon uh, like Betty Boop mm-hmm. gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, just a nightmarish version of a classic cartoon, and and that's what Pim and Francie. The book that I'm going to talk about, it was published by Fantagraphics Books. It's about 240 pages, give or take, hardcover, $28.99 retail. It's subtitled The Golden Bear Days, Artifacts and Bone Fragments. And uh, that's very telling because this book is essentially a vinyl record album where each track is a fragment of a narrative and... The needle is skipping all over the place on this record. You'll get a couple pages with the title characters, a certain age, and a certain setting, and then something will happen where they'll die. (laughs) And then the narrative jumps, and you don't know whether it's in the future, you don't know whether it's in the past. I would, I hazard to call it a narrative to begin with, because although there is a contents page, with such stories called Cinnamon Jack, The Tree of Life, The Land of Broken Hearts, The Golden Fawn, The Adventures of Pim and Francie, Funny Incest Stories, number six, The Golden Bear Days. It's just, the, the pages are not numbered. The index, uh, the stories are not numbered. So there's no telling where a story begins, where it ends. It's just a, I, I, I don't want to call it a thrown together, but the the uh, the process is inseparable from the execution and from the narrative. You you, you can't take you, you you going through this book. You can't read it in the same way you would read a comic book that we are accustomed to, a mainstream comic book, because it's not very linear, and the drawing process is. As significant as the narrative, like right from the fir- the front cover, it's an illustration of the title characters, Pim and Francie, and they have that uh, big shoed Fleischer Studios look going on with the hollowed out eyeballs and the 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 Mickey Mouse gloves, and and they're walking in in a typical animated style, but the the background, the pencils are left uninked, and there's drafting tape 
around the image. Dirty drafting tape, as if the artist's hand kept wiping over the, the drafting tape. Anybody who's drawn knows that drafting tape that you use to mask out your drawings gets pretty damn dirty. The, with the amount of time you put into the image. So there's, it, I mean, it, there's definitely a trace of a human hand on this entire book. You can see the decision-making process where certain images will be like partially inked. Other ones will be an entire page of pencils, but the, maybe uh, a snippet in the lower right is inked. Or you'll see blue line pencils uh, showing through the artwork. There's water stains. And, and physical tears. There, there's a, a few pages where the, the artwork has been uh, assumedly ripped into shreds and then haphazardly pieced back together. There, there's tape holding this stuff. There's looks like acidic drink was spilled on some pages. It's, um, there's things that the artist intended to ink but didn't and crossed them off with, with the pencil and just left them there. So they they are part of the image, but you you ha it's it's a nice little glimpse into the the thought processes of the Al Columbia as he's drawing this. There's some pages that have words scrawled in the margin of what what would be the margin, indicating you know I want to do this with this panel, and then it's inked as if it was a a four print drawing, and he just left the words there in pencil. It's it's crazy. Um, there's whiteout in some panels. Some some panels have uh, paint applied haphazardly and drips and drabs. And there's white space, and the paint goes into the white space. It, it's the process is inseparable from the narrative. You, you you can't have one or the other. They're both they both combine into the story. And there is a story here uh, of Pim and Francie, two children who are brother and sister, but. There is an incestuous mm -hmm. um, uh, there we go. angle to them, and and the one panel called uh, the real fun uh, fun with incest, funny incest stories number six. Now listen to this. This uh -huh. is not this is this is pretty typical of the entire book. It's a one page drawing, entire page. In on on the uh, le left hand side, you see the barest glimpse of the bathroom. And there's a, a bathtub with blood trailing into what I assume is the living room. And she's walking and she's dazed and, and, and sweating. And underneath her is a pool of blood and an umbilical cord trailing mm. to the hairless, toothless, writhing body of a canine-like creature. It just fell out of her uterus. And the, the, the Pym character is in a lounge chair saying, you whore, it doesn't look anything like me. And the fetus is laughing. It's just laughing <laughs> so hard that it's crying. That's what Pim and Francie is. And every page is like that. They, um, There's a four-armed man with uh, carving knives that's chasing them. And his... He's cutting himself because he's twirling the knives. His, uh, where his, where his arm meets his elbow, it's just lacerated. And he's got blood on his shirt. As, as he's running after them, mm -hmm. you, you don't see his legs. The bottom half of his body just crumbles into dried leaf like images where, where he's, he's proceeding after them and his body is just decaying to the point where it's just crumbled leaves. And, uh, the the Pim and Francie characters 
are connected by an umbilical cord in some quote fragments of this story other other parts of the story they they are connected by a rope so well, whatever right, he's well, saying with that i mean i don't know let me stop you can you articulate like what's the point of the story in your opinion you've read it like is is other there, than to shock and awe and disgust is there a narrative is there a point like is yes, there yes there is a narrative but i'll be completely honest you have to work at it you have to piece this together because it's not linear. It's not straightforward. There are chunks and glimpses into the existence of these two characters. Um, is it worth it? Is the effort worth oh it? Oh, my. In my opinion, yeah. In in the opinion of 99.9% .9 of our listeners, probably not. <laughs> okay. But, but um, that's neither here nor there because if if you don't, envelop yourself in this book i think you're missing out on something really special it's it's to me it's it's well, that good away with words but and you know and you were talking about the the graphic novel mm -hmm. year we're having where there's just legendary works right. coming out one mm -hmm. after the other this ranks up there with some of the best of them and and you know i'll i'll try and 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 tell you why there are, in addition to pim and francie there are a number of characters that trail through this book their grandparents uh, Orlo and their grandmother Maggie are characters in here. There's a rotund, grinning murderer who bears a striking resemblance to Alfred E. Newman called Cinnamon Jack. There, there's a serial killer called Sonny Blackfire, the leader of the 666ers and heir, heir, mm, and heir to the Blackfire cutlery fortune. This character, the Sonny Blackfire, murders Pim and Francie's grandparents. He comes to the door selling carving knives and the kids kind of warn the 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 grandparents that this guy's no good but they they don't pay him any any heed and the the guy slaughters their grandparents and then we get the heart um warming scene where pim and francie dig up their grandfathers and their grandmother's corpses cradle them and then commit suicide wonderful yes <laughs> And that's the thing about this book. It, it it makes one wonder about the syntax. What is going on here? What are the rules of, of this universe? If 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 all these characters exist in this this space, this fictional cartoon universe, and if they can't die, and death is just another frame of their unending existence, then the death becomes a non-event. They know they're going to come back. They know everyone around them will come back. So, like death, murder, incest, all these transgressive themes that are in this book amount to nothing because there's no, there's no karmic accounting system at work in this book. It's just the most despicable acts that could possibly be perpetrated on human beings. They reveal themselves and then they go away and another one happens. It's just an unending stream of just um, the the sunny blackfire buys a box of cats from a uh, couple and then ritually slaughters the cats you see pim in the room and he's he's standing there and there's a a cat head on the floor of the room and he's wondering how are these cat heads popping up everywhere and there's two mirror images on the left hand side he has a knife in his hand on the right hand side it's just a fully rendered Fleischer-esque drawing of a child looking at a decapitated cat head. And you're wondering, did Pim kill the cat? 
or is this one of uh, Sonny Blackfire's cast-offs? And what does it all mean? What is is it just like like you said? Is this just to shock you? But as you keep going on, you you see that Pim and Francie's grandparents come back to life as zombies, and and they they rip through the town. And there's an image; it's incredibly graphic. They're zombies walking through the streets of the town. Some are dragging entrails. Some are pulling half-bodied, uh, half-bodies with entrails just streaming from them. And they're looking out the window. And another thing, the characters age randomly. Like they're, they're young children in some parts, but then in, in, in other fragments, they're more adolescent. And in any, even others, the, the children almost look like elderly people. And uh, they they have the childlike bodies, but their faces have this decrepit, elderly look to them that you have to wonder: like, are these just like short old people, or are they kids? It's in some parts, it's it's almost indistinguishable the children from the grandparents. If you didn't see so the, it's pretty clear that you're giving us the big thumbs up. Oh my God! Yeah, you you have to see this book. It, it's right. incredible. But, but this is one of those Ooh. things where everybody's experience. They're going to take something away. They're going to take something different away from it than you do. I mean, this isn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, Adventure it, Comics number four, where we all get <laughs> right. a Superboy prompt. No, no, you're you're going right, to take right. yes. Uh, the um, there's one section so, where Pim and Francie are dancing. <laughs> they're doing the they're, they're they're doing the jitterbug, and it's traditional comics. It's it's panel by panel traditional comics. Most of why don't this. Why we save some of the other surprises for people that might actually read it? I, mean, I would like to. I would like to warn people what they're getting into. <laughs> I think you've given people a nice overview of the book. No, but listen, this is great. They're, they're oh. da- no, they're, 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 no, it's it's really well done. They're dancing and they're doing a jitterbug, and and the music is so loud that the radio's rocking, and it looks like a um, an Art Deco maybe from the '30s apartment where the very ornate furniture and everything is beautifully rendered. That's the one thing. Um, Columbia has an exquisite line. It, it's just a beautifully sculpted way of drawing. Unbelievably beautiful to the eye. And it's just, they're dancing, and he's he's flipping her, and he throws her up in the air, and he turns in the wrong direction, and she lands on her neck and breaks her neck. And in the next, in the next panel, the girl, uh, which would be Francie, is ass up and her dress is around her neck and the pool of blood just forms around her body and in the next page Pim is brought to trial how many pages is this book 240 and it's so, just at check one like 213 minutes or no <laughs> You, you, Bro, you've been going on a long time with this book dude no, I love you like a brother but Jesus I mean I'm, come on you, I, oh, mean, I don't think it has been that long. No, oh, it's, no that is, it's I, all right. It's, it's, like been, it's been 18 minutes we've been talking about this book. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> that is a long time. Just no, that's, no, that's all right. Um, it's really good. Uh, it, it's a glimpse into the mind of an artist. It, and whether good or bad, uh, frightening or uh, extremely disturbing, you will be changed by this book. Um, there's no leafing through this and not walking away from it at least pissed off at at the gall that um, 
a creative individual could commit some of these things to paper. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I ask you about the narrative, I'm, I'm asking more like when you talk about a book that's so graphic like this. Like, I guess, and I haven't read it, so I'm I'm asking you because I I haven't seen it yet. But do you think he's trying to make a broader statement about like violence or or how far you should be able to extend the concept no. of art? Or no, I don't think there's anything done for the sake of anything anyone other than himself. Okay, I, I think he's extremely comfortable with these characters. This is him. Speaking whatever he's trying to get across, and this is uh, an exercise in him being himself. Now, um, and it's, this is probably the, something very Vincian, but do you think art? I, I think we've had this conversation before, but do you think art should be ultimately the expression of of the artist, regardless of what? And and it's up to everyone else to interpret it as they want to. Yes. Like another, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he has to delineate, or any artist for that matter, has to give you a roadmap. You either no, get I, it or you don't. I agree with you conceptually. I guess I'm always. I guess where I kind of have a. I could see both sides of it is the issue of when someone else is paying for you to produce that art and is relying on sales of that art to make them some kind of return. Then I think it gets a little sketchy. But if the guy's just putting it out and well, let's look at the publisher. At all, then. It, it's it's fanographics. Yeah. I'm sure okay. they're not okay. used to making a, a hefty mm-hmm. return other than Love and Rockets on oh, on any okay. you know okay. anything yeah. they publish. But um, it there are, I guess you can interpret it as as you know depending that that's another thing because every piece of art is an open system. If we're going to go in a scientific uh, direction, the, an open system needs another system in order to sustain itself. Like a closed system is different. It, everything within the system is there. It doesn't need anything other than itself to exist. A piece of art is a closed system. It can't exist by itself. It needs the viewer to decipher it. And because you're not the artist who created it, you cannot accurately decipher it completely. Am I, yeah, do you agree, no, you agree totally with that? Sure. Right. So you can go through this entire book, and, and I can take away something from it entirely different than what you would. Yeah. You'd be like, I, I know you. You'd go through this. You'd be like, what the fuck am I looking at? This is retarded. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't. But to me... But listen, think- there's a there's a double page spread where there are Disney characters, and I'm not talking <laughs> like caricatures. Maybe kind of sort of being Disney characters. This is Mickey Mouse, and they look like the end result of the death of Disney characters. Mickey's face is totally smashed in, where where his mouth is. There's a gaping hole as if the spirit of Mickey Mouse once lived in this shell and now it's gone. There's cracked, uh, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie are on the side of the, of the image and it, it's like a big band type setting where Mickey is the band leader. Uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are on the side and playing trumpets and the top of one of them, one of their heads is almost shorn completely off and there's nothing inside of it. So what is he saying with this? Uh, you know, is he destroying pop culture? Is he making a comment on the the megalomaniacal nature of Disney? I don't know. Uh, I went through the book four times, and I loved it every time, and I'm still pulling shit out of this book and still piecing together the the story that he's trying to tell. I live for books like this. It's like a Rubik's Cube. I'm just trying to solve this thing. I'm, I'm totally enraptured with the imagery the execution, the process, this is a book for me. Now, as I said, a lot of people 
aren't going to like it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to feel it was worth their $30. I wish I could read a book like this every week, but that's just me. And I'll, I'll hand it on over to you, but I'm going to dance about architecture a little bit here. I created a one minute long approximation of Pim and Francie. Now you listen to this. This is what Pim and Francie means to me. And then we'll be back with somebody else after it's over. It's, I have to say, I have to think that I would have a point zero two percent chance of ever picking this book up until <laughs> you talked about it, and then it was maybe five percent, and then you played the one minute clip, and now it's like a good twenty five percent. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling so you. you, you are my own personal fever dream. <laughs> yes. Right, right. It's, You're like it's, my walking peyote. It's extremely, extremely disturbing. Like you will not purge this book from your. Although this is uh, this is not. As as out of as out there as uh, as what you just talked about, I think just a quick shout out because um, Chris Pitzer's a good dude. Uh, Ad House Books who put out some pretty great comics. They're having their annual sale right now, so if you go to adhouse.com, um, you can see that like uh, Johnny Hero and and uh, a bunch of other books. But they're oh, having cool. their big sale, so it's like uh, I don't know it. if there's a set discount, but I think it's it's forty fifty percent off most most stuff. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out if if you have not if you're not a if you're not a regular uh, reader of Ad House stuff, um, I commend some of it to your attention. Uh, partic- particularly Johnny Hero, which is a, a great uh, a great book. And Fred uh, Fred Chow was uh, was actually a fellow wild pig shopper with Vince and I uh, two weeks ago. So no kidding. Oh yeah, you didn't see him. No, he was the lone oh, Asian dude in the house. Yeah. Oh Jesus. No, he really was. He was. He was I wish somebody. That. No, I wish somebody told me. You were knee deep in uh, Hulk packages. Yeah. I didn't and, know. and you also talked to Templar. Nobody told me about that shit either. But, oh, yeah, oh, I did. That, yeah, I did talk yeah. to Templar. It was yeah, great. that's yeah. all right. Um, no, yeah. Alan, uh, Alan, Alan handed me the phone. Yeah, Alan handed me the phone. He's like, "Say hello," and I thought it was uh, Templar. Sounded Australian to me on the phone, but uh, but it was not Australian. It was most certainly a Brit. It was Templar. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess I just have to resign myself to just listening to him on our voicemail yeah. messages. That's cool. well. To be fair, Vince, you were knee deep in back issues. I was. I was driven. Vince gets into a zone. Hey, I got a little, little something. A little. It, it, it might put people off now because it's a little more mainstream than. What we just <laughs> but I did want. I really did want to get uh, Chris's view of this, and he may have already talked about this on AC because I didn't listen to the Lance Briggs episode yet. But uh, I'm dying to hear what you thought of Stumptown, my friend. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. 
Okay, I was <laughs> I was hoping to get a little more than that, but but uh, how would I mean? Wh- what did you think of the story? What did you? Is it all that you had hoped it would be? What did you think of? Uh, yeah, you know, it, Greg, Greg has been talking about it for two three years now, so mm-hmm. there there wasn't much of a surprise as to what it was. I mean, he had, he had set it up for for so long. It's this is going to be a. Um, it's going to be a, a, a PI book. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a no it's a no frills, no supernatural, no weird, you know, occurrences. It's just mm-hmm. a it's it's a PI book that takes mm-hmm. place in in Portland in the Portland area. Uh, the lead character is uh, is a female PI. Uh, it's it draws heavily on on a lot of the the early uh you know detective tv show influences that that greg grew up watching like you know magnum pi and the rockford files i was gonna say yeah remind me of Rock, rockford files like a female version of rockford yeah 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 very, very much so she's uh, uh dex is her name mm-hmm. uh just kind of a dexedrin right her full name is dexedrin yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. She's just kind of a borderline degenerate gambler who's, you know, a, a pretty, a, a pretty cool gal that people like. But she's got her vices, like every good PI does. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, she's uh, she gets wrapped up in this first issue. She's uh, wrapped up in a in a case where she's uh, she's going to get caught, you know, in the middle of, of two different. You know, two different forces, and we'll see how she, uh, you know, solves the solves the mystery and 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 gets out of the way. And uh, even though I think that this character doesn't always get out of the way, I think that I think she's gonna get she's gonna get caught in between more than once or twice. But no, I loved it, and the the Matthew Southworth Southworth uh, artwork was fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, low ridge colors. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a great first issue. You know, Lowridge is a bastard with the colors. He's been he's, I, awesome. I, I, he's been around for a while, I guess, but it seems like his name is all over the place now. Yep, yeah. yep. He's he's um, right with those you know the the pantheon of great colorists out there. Yeah, he's, he's he's good. I went into this having absolutely no expectations, other than I mean, I expected it to be well written because it's written by Rucka, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't I mean I know it's it's been it's been well anticipated but I I've I've avoided a lot of the the chatter about it so I just I didn't really think think I didn't have a lot of thought as to what it would be the only it's a totally minor nitpick but I think it's something that a lot of writers have a tendency to do these days the one thing I wish I could take back from this story and it's a total it's a just one mention but it did it, it was an important part of the story was um in the middle of the book when she's meeting up with uh, Morenzo and uh, she, you know, he's like, "Well, what do you know about me?" And she's talking about how she knows about him. And then she says, "You know, you're the head of the MS13." MS13. Yeah. To be honest with you, I had no fucking clue. Like, I thought she was saying he was like it was MI. Like, I thought she was saying uh, you're a spy. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh wow, dude's a spy. Works for the government. And then I'm like, no. what the hell? Shoot. So it, it wasn't until I listened to I think. Um, the iFanboy show where they talk to Rucka, mm-hmm. where they talk about that specific reference, and he says, "No, that's a that's a very bad gang in the yeah. West Coast." Be, yeah, be, I had be, no fucking very, yeah. Be very glad that you don't know what MS13 is. Well, sure, but I mean, yeah. to me, that's like what I call like a Chuck Dixon. Like Dixon's great, but like with, he he he's such a military dude that sometimes he he gets too literal with the speak that you have you have no fucking clue what he's talking about. I kind of, but other than that, though, I thought the book was terrific. I, I thought it was a beautiful book, and uh, 
and it was she's a great character. It's like you know we were saying earlier she she's not a very redeemable character at least in this first issue, but she's she's definitely a complex character. I mean she's a PI, she's tough, she's smart, but she's also kind of a loser. She's a gambler. She's got a uh, you know a, a little brother who's got Down syndrome, or is it her son? Or I, I took it as her I, little brother. Yeah, I think it's her little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which got, I mean I can't think of too many comic books where you've seen a a, a Down syndrome character so uh yeah it's, it's just one of those things where it's it's a really human book you know um it, it almost spread like a, a, a great tv show so uh so i'm definitely i hope i hope this comes out on the regular like they like he says it will because uh i was quite impressed with the first issue yeah cool sure. but uh you know to, to defend the uh, the ms13 thing uh <laughs> i believe that um where greg is out uh, West Coast, I think it, it's much more common knowledge um, who that gang is, what that okay. gang is. So, and even even here, it's it's fingering its its way into the Midwest, but it really um, the Southwest, and then up the uh, the entire West Coast, and then coming into the Midwest. That uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, eventually, you will um, know what what MS <laughs> what the well, MS thirteen is. is to be honest, I don't think. In Kinelaw, New Jersey, I'm going to know who MS-13 is. They're in rural Iowa, so they're coming. Yeah, I don't think they're coming here, but okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to Marvel so we can make Vince happy again. Vince. You could try. Oh, he's sad. He's sad. Oh, Vince, uh, are you sad? No. Who else, no. Read, you know what? No, who wait, else wait, read wait. The Doctor is Out Strange number one? Not yet. I know, I know. Can you believe it? Because I haven't received I, it yet. Yeah, I read it. Chris, did you read it? No, no, no. It's uh, I'm. I've got all my. I've got all my. I have Agamotto goodness uh, focused on uh, on Doc Voodoo right now. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was pretty cute. I didn't. Uh, even, it, I didn't even think that. The 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 scene in the baseball stadium was was kind of cute, but uh, yeah, overall. What what did you think? Um, not my cuppa. Yeah, what you got four. It? Wade wrote it, and I'm a I'm oh. you know I, I've read Strange Tales. I mean, there's much Doctor Strange I don't like. The old awesome Strange Tales back in the '90s was badass. You know, I the New Avengers arc with him was great, but yeah, this this didn't do it for me. And I'm a sports fan, unlike you, Vince. Like I can see I can see comic geeks that are not professional sports fans like totally hating this issue. And I love professional baseball, as I know Chris does. And I still read this, and I'm like, really? Like, like really? That's the because I I had heard this book was going to be about like let's see what Stephen Strange is up to now that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme, which yeah. I guess technically that's what this issue is. But I mean, I don't know. I just thought like, I, I I felt it was a, like a holding pattern. Like yeah, the, the, exactly. Like the, air, exactly. the airplane circle in the airport. <laughs> Unlike like there's good holding patterns and there's bad. We right. anyone with even the slightest uh, knowledge of the forthcoming Hulk storyline, the 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 fall of the Hulks, knows that this current story in Incredible with Banner and Scar, and they're picking on big bads to try and train the 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 kid. That's a holding pattern, but it's an enjoyable holding pattern. It's fun, you know. For it's just biding time until this event kicks in. This right. doc, this Doctor Strange thing was kind of like. Mm, yeah, they don't know what to do with them yet. Mm-hmm. You know? No, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, we're of the same mind on that then. I mean, I thought the art was nice. Emma Rios, I think, is the uh, mm-hmm. 
which was, and, you know, it was nice. And the chick is but, cute. Uh, what, what was her name? Oh, the, the, the young the, girl the, that he... Yeah, the apprentice. Oh, man, I don't... Yeah. Don't See, know. What, what does that mean that you, you come away from it? And you're like, what was that chick's oh, name? Damn. Yeah. You know? No, no it well, just it didn't impact me in any way. It was it was okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean but, that's the thing. He's it's just again like I love the idea of what Strange going to do now. That he's not the Sorcerer Supreme, but I just didn't think that the first I'd see of him would be like battling a Mystic in the midst of a Major League Baseball game. Yeah. So like, yeah. You got to get a hit. <laughs> the world really like. But you know, whatever. the man the man can multitask, but yeah, it kind of falls <laughs> yeah. flat. But, but something yeah. that didn't fall flat, and it was totally unexpected, completely unlike any of the books of its ilk before it. Anyone read Spider Man: The List? Amazing Spider Man: The List. Uh, yes, I did. You're, you're, you're going to mention something I've read recently. I know you it. didn't. You didn't. You didn't read it either. <laughs> I, I will say, I'll just I'll set it up for you. I won't give any specific de- details, but the lists so far. Have not been cheerful affairs. Right, uh, right, right. Pretty much the epitome of that is the Punisher the list. But this Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> actually ends in an upbeat manner, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. it seems like it seems like Peter, for once, is not the center of doom and gloom. Just for yeah. once, yeah, yeah. You're right. And I was t- it was totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Adam or Andy Kubert that drew it? I think it, it's Adam Kubert. There, were, there was a David is going to have issues with some of the art. <laughs> yeah, because there, there's a there's a a part early on where Spider-Man's clinging to a wall and his legs are huge. Yeah, <laughs> his his no, I, I, no, no really. He's a big Strowman fan. He'll love that. No, this is uh, his. I mean, he's all muscular, and you would expect Spider-Man to be muscular in the in the lower extremities but these legs are huge they're really yeah. big huge. but i mean the rest of it was beautiful i don't know if i needed to read that the issue of the pulse again i mean they yeah, they, they, they they throw in uh, bendis bagley issue of the pulse with um osborne and it was just like yeah. okay you know yeah you gotta make it work Make it worth three ninety nine somehow, but got to put in that already paid for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Reprint to uh, validate that three ninety nine cover price. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, it wasn't something I owned or uh, had read before, so that's uh, that's cool. But yeah, I could have done without it. it. It was very surprising, in a good way. Surprising. Yay, Peter! For once. Yay. Yay. Which was cool. What but, is uh, what yeah. is the what's what's the siege? You guys catch me up. Um, um, well, the Mr. Osborne is, is uh, going to storm Asgard. Yeah, and in, it's, in, a, so in a nutshell, it's the, it's basically the, the bridge between the end of Dark Reign and the beginning of the Heroic Age. It's basically yeah, his, the fall. Of the band is going to come back together. His yeah. delusions of grandeur are becoming so overblown that he thinks he could. Poke the chest of the gods. Right. Right. I'm We're Norman goddamn Osborne, and you are going to bend to my whim. And it's yeah. going to be like, okay, uh, Mr. Feet of Clay, you're going down. <laughs> Judging by what we've seen of the covers of some of the issues, Hubris. all the Osborne cronies are going to get their comeuppance from their heroic constituents or counterparts. And then... Yeah. Yeah, and then and then we're going to get into what is Brevoort has referred to as the heroic age, which I hope is true to form, and it's it's all the, ba- the, the gang back together, and, and just oh, yeah. really good storytelling where the heroes are back being heroes. You know, I hope that's you know, I hope that's where we're going. So, well, and, and initially, that's the thing that kind of threw Whoa. the cold, doused the cold water on. Right now. 
Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, who uh, was that? That was a text that came in. My apologies. Oh, okay. No, that's, that's, that's cool. Got that's cool. Hey, De- hey, hey, Derek, what's up? <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the thing that kind of quashed my enthusiasm for Marvel was the Secret Invasion thing, where nobody right. knew who was the good guys, who were the bad guys, and everybody's fighting among each other. I, I had enough of the hero versus hero when Cap and Iron Man were you know, throwing punches at each other. I, yes, it was powerful for Civil War. I don't need a year of that. Didn't want to see it. So now hopefully sure. they get back to, to square one and this we start getting uh, some Avengers stories. Again. I, I see it as a, uh, as continuing the, I guess, reboot of the Marvel Universe where we had Spider-Man and the X-Men and now the yeah. the and and I guess the, well not really Daredevil but it, it because but you're right the, the X the X titles have been rebooted exactly yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, everybody's gone so, through a soft yeah so there's yeah. It, yeah. right exactly so it's so it makes sense now that that Steve and 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 Thor Don and 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 Tony mm-hmm. get back together and uh, you know I'll write I'll write the scene I'll write the scene. Battle, rubble, all around them. Captain America is standing there victorious. All uniforms, all torn. He's got his head down. He's sweating. Tony comes up to him, flips the mask up and says, Buddy, you were right. You were right. (laughs) And and, and I'm a dumbass for not believing you back then. I'm sorry. Here's my t-shirt that says Steve was right. Yep, Steve was right. Yep. Here you go. Hey, have any of you guys uh, read Pigeons from Hell? Oh my you gosh. Betcha. Nathan Fox. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I uh I bought it off the Nick and Dent from T Fall this past sale. And I read it this week and uh it was it was quite a lot of fun. It, mm-hmm. I uh I guess it's a uh a remake or a, yes. a adaptation. adaptation of a classic story by um Howard, right? By mm-hmm. Robert A. Howard. Mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with the source material, so it was kind of new to me. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think of it? It kind of reads like a um, a slasher flick. Uh, mm-hmm. A slasher flick, you know. It's a it, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Exactly. It's it's very much like a straightforward horror movie, right? Like where yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a uh, not not an incredibly uh, deep, multifaceted story. I mean, yeah, it's it's you know, kid, kids. Uh, uh, get lost in the swamp and you know, try and find refuge in a in a, a torn down old plantation house and well it's it's haunted and uh um it, it's all that that book is all about nathan fox's art he is awesome yeah, yeah you're right he he is awesome um and i i do agree that most of the book was 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 a treat to look at but i have to say like in the maybe the last five to eight pages were they're fighting the entity whatever it may be called uh-huh. you know the he he loses me a bit because it's such a like the entity itself is is all drawn in 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 you know blacks and grays mm-hmm. and it's in the dark so I just kind of felt like I really lost the the uh, the narrative of the of of the story in that like last three or four pages where yeah, very confusing up. very dark yeah, yeah it really did I mean obviously you know that like in the in the grand scheme of the book you know he's they're fighting this 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 spirit that. That you know who it is, and then you know that at the end they obviously they you know they they win. So you know that what happens. It's not hard to sort of. It doesn't take away from the fact that you know how the book 
turns out. But that, like the the sort of the climax of the book, I thought was the weakest in terms of art. And again, it's, as I'm looking at the pages again here, it's not like it's it's poorly drawn by any stretch. I mean, it's beautiful art. But but it, as I was reading it the first time, I was sort of like, I don't quite know exactly what's going on here. Uh, I think I know. And then, oh yeah, I was right. That's what happens. You know. Yeah. So it's um, well, but yeah, I mean, it was, they, it's not a, a literal translation of Pigeons mm-hmm. from Hell. Because okay. that story was published in what the 30s. In, yeah, in, I have in, no idea. In, okay, you know, in in Weird Tales magazine, okay. and it, it's also not the first time that Pigeons from Hell has been ad- adapted for comics. Because what okay. was it, David? Uh, Scott Hampton did a, a Pigeons from Hell for oh, really? Eclipse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I'm, and and if you put the two side by side, they're the Nathan Fox and the Scott Hampton. They're very different. But okay. uh, yeah, so it's it's almost using pigeons from hell as an inspiration, mm-hmm. and and taking it from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Gra- graphically, it's astounding. Nathan Fox is uh, some of the biggest balls on the block. I mean, the, sure. the guy has 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 mad chops. Are you, did you mm-hmm. read the Zodiac, uh, Dark Rain Zodiac? That was incredible. I did. Yeah, did, I did. Oh, that was him. Did, yeah, yep. just okay, visually okay, yeah. stunning. I mean, I didn't have any uh, anything invested in the Zodiac character. I didn't even know who he was right, right. going into it, but just the 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 imagery. Oh, it's just astounding. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's just. Well, I would definitely say you, this trade is worth getting. Like, if I mean, it's one of those things. As I'm reading it, and it's November, I'm thinking, Wow, I wish I'd read this right before Halloween, and I'm in the mood to read horror. Like, this is if you're in the mood to read, just like Chris said, uh, just a straightforward horror story, and you're kind of in the mood for something spooky. It's it's it definitely gets the recommendation. I mean, the the book looks beautiful, and the, especially the like there's a probably in the middle of the book for five ten pages there's a flashback to where you kind of learn why the the house that they're in is haunted and and sort of who is the main antagonist. I mean that that stuff's gorgeous, and uh, it's it um it, it definitely is worth having in your collection. But uh, you know it is what it is. I don't I don't think it. I wouldn't say it's it's a super strong. Story, but it's it's definitely worth reading. I mean, if yeah, you it's, 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 it's it's a good it's a good horror book. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, another one. Uh, did you read Sorrow from um, uh, Rick Remender and Seth Peck? I have yep. not read that yet. And, no. And, yeah, I think Franco Francavilla. Uh, Fran- Go- yeah. Fran- okay. Fran- no, Fran- 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 Francesco Francavilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Karen uh, Dwyer did gorgeous covers on that. Yeah, incredible it, it, it's kind of the kind of the same thing. It's it's just yeah, it's like it it reads like a like a 1970s or early 1980s um slasher film. It's very uh um, Yeah, but then it, then Chainsaw Massacre, you know. Right, but the, the Pigeons from Hell is almost a prototypical horror tale. There's a reason why it feels so similar to you. It's because that a lot of things have been have been sure. You a lot of things use that as a foundation t- on which to build. It's it's right. almost at the okay. at the kind nut. Of like Neo Adams, <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. To bring full it circle. full circle, yeah, yeah. So, Jason, you're drunk. I am pretty hammered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? I came home early today because you know it's sort of like a holiday week. And uh, so I got home early, and my wife had just opened a bottle of wine. She'd cooked dinner. And I usually don't get home for dinner during the week. I'm usually home after they all eat. But uh, I sat down, and so uh, I've been having. I had wine before, so I had like a whole bottle, of wine, and then I was someone to record. So I opened up a Guinness, and then one became two, and then it's been Uh-oh. like six. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Project yeah. Rebuild is going to be like Project Tear the Fuck Down. No, dude, to be honest with you, no, I mean, in all seriousness, pro- uh, I weighed 190 
on the Wii last night, uh-huh. which is a full almost it's a full sixty pounds or fifty nine nice. pounds. Yeah, so uh I don't need to lose any more weight, dude. Like I walked into my office uh on Friday and my uh my partner's like told me I look like a uh, yeah, he told me I look like a, like a like I like I'm like I'm a Holocaust survivor. I was so, gonna say uh, like you walked out of the Magneto Testament series. <laughs> yeah, so uh, No, I'm not pre- see, this lost you, Vince. Uh, you're cracking up a little bit, Vince, but yeah, no, so maybe that was a good thing. He's for the record, he's Jewish. Not not that that matters one way or the other, but but he was like I walk in and he's like, You look like a fucking Holocaust survivor and I'm like, Jesus And uh, and then my secretary who's like a size zero, she's like, You're as skinny as I am so I thought Wow, I gotta, I gotta ratchet back on this uh, yeah. weight loss. I gotta yes. go pick up yeah. some Guinness. <laughs> yeah, I gotta drink some Guinness. So, but I am hammered. <laughs> so, nice. nice. Yeah. How are we, how are we doing time wise? I can't say anything. Well, while Vince can't say anything, David, did you read Deadpool team up? Oh my God! Yeah, twice. No. Oh, uh, see. I hate that you don't like Deadpool. It, it hurts me, like in a no, way I, you don't I even know. To, I mean, it's I it's almost like you grabbed my balls and you twisted them a little in the little little circles. It's like it hurts. That, that's what you, no, it wouldn't hurt. Um, I, I I want to after seeing your thread about it. I I, I am interested, especially since the team up book. So it's not like one hundred percent nothing but Deadpool. Right. So it's <laughs> right. good stuff in the book too. The uh, <laughs> the damn the, um. Plus, you know, I figure I it'll be a Deadpool issue that, that that hopefully maybe both of us can read then with with me and Renee. So no, I I um hey, I Renee, <laughs> she she's asleep now. I hope she um you know I I know that uh, that I do have to get. Her. I I thought I I had the first couple issues of of the new series, but I don't even think I have those. So well, you know, we talked I'll, about that though. Yes, we did. We did, and uh, so I know where to start from, at least for for when it comes time. No, to, I'm saying uh, you and I talked about right. Okay, and 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 once once that happens, that now uh-huh. I have something to build from. Okay, okay. so I know what to get her next. Uh, gotcha. But um, but no, I, I I mean if if that and and you know what's killing me is that apparently. He plays. I don't know how big. I don't want to know how big because that huh? would, I guess, kind of ruin it. He plays a part in Doom War, so it's not like. Oh, he does. I, 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 yes. Oh, nice. um, for those that don't know, uh, Doom War is a uh, a story where I guess a a cocky uh, Victor Von Doom decides to take over. Is there any other kind? <laughs> take over a land that has yet to be conquered and uh and knowing that he pretty much beat t'challa uh to the brink of death i i guess again being cocky and arrogant he's deciding to take it to the next step so he is going to i guess uh plan a coup he's going to try to it it seems from what i from what i'm reading uh overtake the wakandan government and 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 so this this doom war will involve of course black panther or both of them uh fantastic four members of the x-men and deadpool and and i guess deadpool comes into play because t'challa is one resource for motherfucker and and you 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 can't sleep on the dude so when he uh so when when uh i guess when 
just when you think all his cards are on the table, uh, he, he's got some, some aces, but the, the, uh, what I think you'll enjoy about this wood, uh-huh. penciled by Scott Eaton. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So happy. <laughs> so, you know, I was oh. Scott Eaton pages. I love me some Scott Eaton. Yeah. Uh, am yeah. I still static here or am I good? No, you're good, dude. You're good. Vince, if you Jason, read that team up. Two girls, one cup. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, Vince, when you read that, did you not think... That is a case of editorial not knowing what the reference meant. I almost filled the cup, which were my pants, which were my pants when I was reading it, because, like you said, that's pretty much the foulest thing I've ever seen in, a, in a, or read. I, in a I asked comic. your boy Fel about that on Twitter today. Did you see that? No. What did he say? He was. I said uh, he because he said something about the issue, and I said, Fred. I said, dude. I can't believe you got two girls, one cup, past editorial. And he said, he replied back, I know, can you believe it? And I said, I really can't. It's baffling. But you, you guys know you guys know what the two girls, one yes. cup is, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's Julian pretty, that's the, pretty actually, foul, man. That's Julian <laughs> was is. the one that turned me on to that. He, at uh, oh, two, two New York Comic Cons ago. There's a piece, that, piece that falls out of her mouth. Oh, man. Oh, dude, okay. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's not good. But Vince, so you read this issue? Yes, I did, and I, I thought it was right. wonderful. In, in all seriousness, I know I was a little—I was shitting a little bit on, on uh, Deadpool work at the mouth for a while there. Yeah, I kind of concede it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty good. I'm telling you, how—how how could it not be good? It's, Doc, it's good. It's good. I know, but anyway, but I just want—I was the Deadpool. This issue? Mm, he's drunk. No, go ahead. No, you go. Well, <laughs> what the hell is it with this resurgence with Arcade? One of the lamest, <laughs> lamest. Whoa, oh, come on! Step off, son. It's like off. It's like Archie Andrews with tech. I know. Wait a minute. You take Arcade. You pair him up with Nightmare. What do you get? An M. Escher fucking torture chamber. That's badass. Oh, oh, oh wow! And then Hercules could just break the wall down. <laughs> wow, that really did a good job on me. No, I think Arcade's lame. He's he's just like what? Huh? He is. Come on. Oh, oh no, see, come now, on. Now no, 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 no. With the X Men and the Burn. And, and you know, going back there, to X there Factor. Are, there, aren't, there are no bad characters. No, there's you not. Exactly. You could do some amazing stuff with Arcade. A bad pinball game. There, wait, there, there's no bad characters, but there are characters that refuse to, <laughs> to, be, good. to be. No, not to be good, but they, they, they almost. Refuse to play good with the, with the writer, True. any writer. Look at look at X Factor. Peter mm-hmm. David couldn't even make yeah. Yeah. arcade so, so, interesting. Someone say Dude. that about Man Thing. Oh, stop! No, Man Thing's not a character though. <laughs> Man Thing, Man Thing, Man Thing traditionally is the voice of the writer. So hey, if Man Thing's boring, a, then the writer's he's boring. A, he's a force of nature. Oh my True. God, God, Vince! Did you in reading this book? Did you? The, you know where Deadpool's fighting his, you know his nightmare. Mm-hmm. Did, until you saw the full visual of him in like sort of the last third of the book, did you take that to be Fred Van Lutte's making fun of the movie, the Wolverine Origins movie? Mm. No, no, I can't say it, that I saw that. I, I read that. I just uh, thought it was totally, Deadpool fighting against his multiple personalities. Yeah, well, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but I, 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 until they showed his 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 crazy face and like what was it like toward the end of the book? Yeah, I the, totally thought because it was like a shirtless guy and just tights 
with two swords. I thought like, oh, this is the comic Deadpool fighting against the cheesiness of the Wolverine Origins Deadpool, and Fred Van Lente's poking fun at that. Hmm. But then they showed the character, who obviously doesn't look any, you know, it looks quite different. So I was like, all right, well, maybe that's, maybe I'm reading into that. Yeah. But it, maybe, I don't know, I just... No, I I, they, they do show the, the, the character in shadows for a, an entire page, and yeah, maybe, maybe you have something there, but I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Maybe I you're right. I wasn't crazy about the art in this book, but they totally had me with the first few pages. Like Deadpool waking up from a nightmare with a thousand stuffed animals in his bed mm-hmm. and a binky on his side table and cheeseburgers and fruit. Awesome. The the and then like part where he wipes the yoo-hoo from his mouth with the Kermit totally the Frog with doll. His pet frog. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, it was drawn by Dalibor Talajik. Talajik. Yeah, yeah. Talajik. Yeah. And um, I, I thought it was pretty. Very nice. But, no, it was overall okay. But I mean, there were there were parts that didn't work for me like it was like kind of a page by page thing but I love I mean I thought he did a great job with the whole M. Escher concept mm-hmm. like he definitely it like definitely the he conveyed the whole concept of that and I, I to me this book was was when I say like oh that's not how Deadpool should, to me this book was how Deadpool should be written it, it it skirted that line of obnoxious it was right over the line of funny you know like like mm-hmm. one inch more it was obnoxious you know well but, that's why Fred is the Van Lanty. He's got the mojo. He know he's he's very astute. He he knows what works and what doesn't. I, I mean, I can imagine it being very difficult to write Deadpool. Although some people would say, "Oh, what? big deal." No, no, you said it yourself a couple episodes back. Where the the humor has to be of a certain level. You can't do balls. Yeah, yeah. You can't do balls humor. It has to be cutting humor where there's an underlying. Maybe a pop culture reference, multi-level right. humor, okay? And you know, you can just go in and have Deadpool do fart jokes for a, uh, an entire book, and it wouldn't work because it's it has to be yeah, you know it, it doesn't push like, anything. It has to be Mario Musicar humor, not Vince B humor. Be that as it may, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get it. But yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, cool. Shit, Deadpool's in it. I'll buy it. But I'm really glad that you warmed up to Merc with a mouth because oh, I'm loving that. Well, see, now I'm sad that I, I skipped three issues, so I'm trying to track them down. <laughs> Double uh, second prints on all those. Yeah, I like the first prints, though. Oh, boy. Hey, oh, I, I, I think... Like mentality. Yeah, we're wearing uh, on our welcome gotta, here. Got to make sure those Deadpool comics go up in value there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you laugh, but some of my Deadpool comics are fucking... Oh, you're not. You are oh, you not know, uh, we'll, we'll, To bring it back full circle, we were talking about uh, the collected editions that okay. are ridiculously expensive. The uh, uh, has been out that long. The uh, uh, Deadpool uh, premiere hardcover, the Secret Invasion one, which was the, mm-hmm. the, first, the first arc of the Dan Way run for mm-hmm. for uh sure. for um uh deadpool uh-huh. uh it's like a hundred dollars what yeah ridiculous money jesus it's a so good story but it's not a hundred dollars hmm? i don't know so are the issues worth crazy no the too? issues are worthless but the premier hardcover because yeah. it's out of print oh that's is, fascinating is is the uh very, say very cover? After. the the direct uh, market cover or the I, uh I don't okay. know. He doesn't, yeah. Go, go to, go to, uh, and that, 
these are these are Amazon pricing, and so that's market marketplace uh-huh. pricing. I, I think we all know by now to to get something's real market value, check eBay and whatever it's auctioning for is what it's what it's you know real value is because yeah. that's what people actually spend on it. But yeah, that that first premiere hardcover that uh, the the Deadpool is going for silly money. Hmm. Uh, Look at that. Because it, it plays into the finale of uh, Secret Invasion. Yep. Deadpool was oh. essential. Yeah. Without the... He was. Without the I information... Know. Without yes. Deadpool, there'd be no yeah. Normie. Normie wouldn't be in control. That's yep. true. This, this just tells you how ridiculous it really was. And oh, then, what? Hey, this episode has been sponsored <laughs> by <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get, among other things, all the three monthly Deadpool books at a significant discount. Really, really good discounts, up to 75% in some cases. DCBService.com. They are, as I say, the best. There you Woomba. go. Woomba. discounts, that's right. And while you're at it, read, uh, I want to say it, but I don't want groans. Um, read, read Jersey Gods from Image. Oh, nice. Wow. Because it's great. Yeah. What were you? What, what were you really gonna say? I was gonna say be adventurous and try something a little different and thumb through Pim and Francie from Fantagraphics. And if you have nightmares, don't blame it on me. Yeah, yeah, we're quick to say that. Right. Um, as a shout out to our last guest on Around Comics and uh, and also to one of our favorite uh, um, creators, both as a writer and an artist. And um, a dog lover. And a dog lover. Um, everyone should run out and if you can if you can still find it, what you should, what you should be able to, the, um, uh, the trade of Phil Hester's Darkness. That was the uh, the first uh, the first art called the uh, the the accursed, and uh, uh, Top Cow put that out, and it was only five dollars for the first for the first volume of uh, of Hester's run on that. I reread it this weekend, and it is really really good. It's yep. um, a fan fantastic stuff, especially if you're a, a fan of the old uh, the old darkness. It's uh, it's kind of revamped and, and re-upped and, and very good again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And buy Witchblade, too, while you're at it. Haven't said that in a while. <laughs> no, you sure haven't. Big shake-up in Witchblade. I'm trying to get caught up. Oh, big shake-up. Yeah. Ron Mars, he's good. He's uh-huh. good. Yes, what did you Read uh, Madam Xanadu. I haven't mentioned that in a while. Yes. Because I plan on taking the uh, last bunch of issues with me, so I'll uh, have those read for next week. You can. Nice. There's still time to order the second trade through DCBS. Awesome. You know. nice. Yeah. And uh, last but certainly not least, read true stories. Swear to God. Nice. Yeah, Tom Tom Beeland. Um, it's a great. If if any of you've ever been or are currently in love, and you don't like this, then you must be a Satanist. <laughs> the terrorist oh, win. Praise LeVay. <laughs> and he's he's a darn good cartoonist as yeah. well. Hell yeah. There you yeah. go. Why, 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 why don't you like it, Vince? I just didn't click with me. Really? really? Mm-hmm. So you don't know love. Oh, yeah, it's no salt. Yeah. I, right. I read I have I own the first trade. Yeah, it just didn't just didn't work. Well oh, then I'll I'll uh that'll Maybe tie into my, my, my question that I didn't ask tonight. I'll ask it next week. 
Okay. Oh, all right. Cool. Oh, by the way, uh, two things. One, um, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yay, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I, I, <laughs> I sure hope this episode doesn't cause you any agita with all that oh, turkey stop. in your belly. <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, at the expense of uh, being ridiculous, uh, I am thankful for the show and for Aww. you guys as my buddies. Look at you. Um, and also, before we before we sign off, happy 100th to Mr. King DAP, David A. Price. Yes. He is uh, in the next few days about to record episode 100 of Marvel Noise, which uh, is no Single-minded determination. One man. One man. So much love to him and Steve Raker and, and uh, Tom Morris and all those guys that yep. contribute and... And uh, Carlos Cordova, David's biggest fan. And That's yes. Right. Yep. That, that, is, that is quite an accomplishment. 100 episodes, yep. you yeah. know, that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't be any if he didn't kick me in the balls on the bullpen <laughs> balls and, 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 and take the concept and run with it. But, yeah. you know, good on him. Good on you, David Price. <laughs> no. Really, you know, you know I'm busting you. You've you, you done good. And keep doing good because people love you. Oh, Vince. Yes. Give a shout out to our forums and the uh, gift exchange. Yeah, we're doing a gift exchange on our forum. You can find out all about it at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.11oclockcomics.com. And if you are so inclined, we're still not there on the iTunes reviews. I would like a 200. We're close. But we need your help. Just I know by the numbers that there's a lot more people that listen than uh, the numbers of number of reviews we have. So if you would be so kind, please throw up a, an iTunes review. It doesn't have to be long. Just tell us what you think. You know, overall yeah, track record. Five on there. Track record. Yeah. Well, no, they don't have to. Just be honest. You know. Just no, no, honest. no. Five. No. We 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 only want good. ITunes I mean, a five would be honest. So. That, that's yeah. not... Vince, okay. compared, compared to most of the other podcasts out there, come on. Yeah. We are only human, as are everybody else. All right, people. Thanks for being with us this week, and uh, we'll see you again next week. How about that? Happy Thanksgiving. Come on Happy back. Day, come on back. Yeah, Happy Love Thanksgiving. Y'all. Stay away from the pumpkin pie, because that shit is nasty. Oh, Toshi. Oh, I so hate good. pumpkin pie. Well, extra whipped cream on that no I, I, I'd rather eat the stuff in the cup I'm right with you buddy <laughs> no got no love for the pumpkin to the end of time and I'm the cosmic champion and I hold a mystic sign and the whole